Hey, ladies and germs, welcome to episode 125 of the Creative Writing Motorcycle Podcast. I'm your host, Dumb Voice Junkman, and uh, this is the podcast where we officially make it, man. 125. This is the uh, when you're officially a motorcycle, and uh, you can be ridden on the street, where the Grom, where the Z125 Pro, where the K-Pipe of motorcycle podcasts. Uh, th- tonight, we're going to be joined much later by myself and the Wigster in studio. And I just wanted to say that I've I shaved. I've been doing some research, and I've been looking at the shows, and I realized that we had too much facial hair, the ratio for facial hair to a uh, person. If you listen to most of the morning radio shows or you listen to other podcasts or, or uh, you know, like Good Mythical Morning, you know, only one dude can have the facial hair. And so here's what Chris said upon seeing me. I know, you look kind of weird. And then he followed up that with this. They're like, who's this weird pedophile-looking guy? <laughs> uh, so there's always that. And without further ado, let's get to this week's show. I have to. I do have to say, people have been a lot nicer since I shaved. Like I go to my wife's school, and half, <laughs> none of the teachers would talk to me. Cause, you know, I look a little rowdy, I guess, with a with facial hair. And I went the other day, and not only did I get a smile from this kind of cute nerd chick walking by, but like five people said hi to me. And is that where pa- Spamela is like broken? <laughs> yeah, uh, Spamela. She. Uh, I. First off, I went riding into Pasadena to, I forget even what I was doing. There. Oh, I was getting some, something for Mother's Day. That's right. Lane's splitting like crazy. And it rained this week. Dude, I don't know what's up with California. It but actually did. It rained pretty good. Yeah. Saturday, Sunday? And Thursday is when I went to Pasadena. And it was sprinkling on Thursday. Yeah. Thursday and Friday. Maybe my, it was Thursday, Friday, and a little bit Saturday. Little it did bit, actually a little bit Sunday yeah, still too up yeah. here. And it rained all night because I didn't But like it. South Orange County was super dry, like super yeah. sunny and dry. So it, so it just spots. rained up here. Yeah. It was steady all damn night, but it just didn't come down hard enough to really soak anything. So I didn't care. I went riding in the rain the other day because I was like, yeah, big deal. That was my first mistake. You remember the oil down I had the other day? Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the drivers in California. Well, yeah, when when it it rains, rains. Yeah, they don't know what the hell they're doing. And so basically I went to Pasadena, and on the way home, I made it home just fine. (laughs) <laughs> then today that's my summer slam story yeah that's my social slam story then today i went down to get some some parts for a cigar box guitar which by the way radio shack going out of business i have to say uh pretty sad because you used to be able to go in there and find yeah. all sorts of shit but you know what though the last few years maybe last 10 years even that they were open they didn't have shit anymore dude they had like RC cars and cell phone accessories. Yeah, and the cell phone shit. You're they right. had this little corner of like electric stuff. I used to use them all the time yeah. for taillights on bikes yeah. and oh, plugs yeah. and like little shit. And auto parts stores, unfortunately, don't have a lot of that stuff either. And yeah, I was surprised when um, AutoZone, no, Pet Boys started carrying like motorcycle oil and some, they have like a motorcycle shelf now. And I was yeah. like, woo, that's cool because. That is cool. I you didn't at, know that. Yeah, you look at Pet Boys and everything else is scaled back. Like we're talking, yeah. like we've been saying, but the like dealerships and stuff, how they're they're like uh, in Home Depot where they're like trying to 
be more convenient to the people that are coming in and not carrying every little thing. It was nice to see that they actually got a couple of things for motorbikes now. But, um, yeah, so Radio Shack around here, they just closed up. And to be fair, you know, you're right. They were just basically a damn cell phone, a giant cell phone kiosk. Yeah. And you can't sell enough cell phones to uh, basically to pay that overhead. So they went out of business. Well, and they then, weren't that good at it either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, very unfriendly most of the time. <laughs> And, just, yeah, and they're just, pushy about cell phone stuff. I'm yeah. just like, and they're all Radio Shack was always in a weird strip mall in some shitty part of town, like weird part of town. You yeah, know that saying? is also very true. And so uh, they went out of business, which leaves fries, the two fries that are in LA. See, and that's like for us in LA, that's cool. We have fries, and fries is fucking yeah. amazing. But in Indiana, like, I think there's a fries in Indianapolis, but I didn't have fries. Yeah, and they're huge, and they have everything. Of course. I say that the closest fries to here is probably an hour. So in my small town, going to Indianapolis, it would be an hour. So it's probably the yeah. same time. Are you thinking of the Burbank one? Uh, I didn't even know there's one in Burbank. Yeah. I know there's one in Orange right off the 91. Yeah, and there's one in industry about, but it's still 25 there's miles. one in or, industry, yeah. Yeah, it's twenty. It's still like 25 or 30 minutes from here. You know what I'm saying? So Industry, depending on traffic, is going to be more than that. Yeah, so. yeah. And Burbank, of course, from here is like at least half an hour if I were hauling ass splitting lanes. Yeah. I, I, that's why I wasn't going to go there because I was like, dude, traffic going there is going to be fucking nuts it's all right so i'm sure this is how you all want to be spending your time listening to a podcast hearing us talk about the awesome stuff like lane splitting and electronic stores and all that mumbo jumbo that has nothing to do with motorcycling well instead let's skip forward a little bit let's fast forward and hear some actual real stuff relating to wiggins and uh what's going to be happening this week and next week and if you've been following wigs on the instagram you're going to hear some of this stuff come up so, bleep, 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 bleep. that's me pressing the fast forward button. Let's uh, skip to the real, real part of the show. Uh, speaking of over the summer and field trips, you got something coming up this oh, weekend, yeah? My goodness, my summer is starting 110% already. I so I dropped my tank off at paint yesterday um, or on Monday. And then uh, hopefully I get it back Monday or Tuesday next week. It's going to be fucking wild. Nice. Uh, I think because the painter used to do mini truck stuff too. Oh, yes. I think it's going to be Is a Is it going to have a lot of green and pink in it? It's going to have a lot of green and orange and blue. Oh, damn. And um, some like 3D looking lightning bolts and a crazy like base pattern. Um, it's going to be fucking insane. And the color palette that um, I'm using is based off an Icon helmet. So I went ahead and ordered me one of those helmets nice. today. So uh, I should match pretty good. Um, luckily, the orange on the current helmet that I have will actually match the orange too. But uh, it's going to be fucking nuts, dude. Um, I'm, I can't wait to see it. I'm dude. still scared. I, I'm like still unsure. Nate even sent me some more like desperate stuff. I don't even know if he really knew. He just was like, this, this, this. And I was like, let's go with what you already got. Like, as much as I think the Desperate stuff is, like, super rad, I'm, like, super pumped to have it so much Nate. Yeah. Um, And I, I hope it all goes – I'm, like, I'm so nervous because I don't know exactly. But I know, like, the guy that does, like, the final, like, touches and the art side of the paint was, like – he like was all about old mini truck stuff. So I'm like, dude, it's gonna have some weird silver striping in the bolts and maybe some fucking airbrush black so they look like they're coming off the paint. Um, it'll be super shiny clear coat. 
So I'm kind of uh, kind of stoked and kind of nervous, but I think overall it'll be fucking insane. <laughs> I, you know what? I can't wait to see it. Like it'll be it'll be loud for sure. Um, <laughs> Is it? Does it retain the? The styling, because I, I just listened to the last episode. I have to say, we've been knocking these out of the park, too. They've been really good. Um, I've been getting compliments, too. Yeah. Oh, I have an Ask Wigs to answer later. Oh, do so you? Okay, forget. good. Yeah, 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 I was going to say, I, I've, I've written down here. Um, so, yeah, is it, It's is it, does it retain some of the AMF or? No. Okay. Totally, so you totally, totally fucking 80s, 90s mini truck. Like oh 110% like fucking where the bed is on hydros and flips up and spins in circles shit. Um, <laughs> my sister dated, well, my half-sister dated I don't even know. Truck I guess I 80s. wasn't going to do any metallic in it, but when I sent him, I'm like, hey, this is the helmet that I want the colors based off of. Uh, it's got a lot of metallic, so we're going to see, dude. The blue is going to be fucking like electric blue. The green is going to be almost neon. The red is going to be almost orange. Um, what other color was it? The orange is going to be fucking neon. And then it's going to have this like black and white pattern base. Uh, I did drop, uh, sorry, Nate, Nate put some like dots over the base and I just wasn't feeling it. It looked almost too like computer generated for me. Yeah. So I, I, I get you. Yeah. I said, let's drop those. Um, so it's got like this crazy black and white pattern base and then it's going to have these either blue and green or blue with an orange outline. Like I said, hey, the helmet's blue with an orange outline. Let's do that. Yeah. but Nate Two of my had, favorite colors. Nate, well, it'll be like electric blue yeah. and like neon orange. And Nate had um, rendered it, though, with a green outline because that was what we first talked about. And then when I looked at the helmet, I'm like, ah. So we'll see how it comes out. Either way, is going to be fucking bitching. So it's going to have like some random ass lightning bolts <laughs> spread out on the tank that are going to be blue with either a green or orange kind of outline or like background oh, with a little bit of silver shit. to separate them. And then from uh, down the top, it's going to have this one big red bolt with orange or green opposite of whatever the blue is. I can't wait to see this. Like one great big red fucking bolt going down that. <laughs> I'm going to have um, to uh, update my art that I've been working on for like a week. I saw now. that. I saw that. Dude. <laughs> what's rad is however, like I'm sit, you made me fit on it. Like it's yeah. fucking perfect. It was really hard to photo. Well, I don't have, I can't use photo. I can't use the stuff I use for work, which I use some really high tech, like graphic shit at work. I can't use it for personal purposes. So I have to, I, I downloaded like a $5 drawing app off of for fucking what is this uh what are these oh it's and, not even an it, apple it's, it's an android it's android shit so i downloaded some five dollar piece of shit android app and did my best so it was hard to quote photoshop your ducati out of the picture yeah but do you recognize that yeah, stance like dude. <laughs> and what's cool is like it's even got my number plates and stuff on yeah, it i don't know about I, the nos sponsorship on the front well that that was from the Elite that this came off of. Oh, so you just left it? Yeah, I left all the... I had to modify the Elite because I think you know the Elites continue to go straight back. So I had to modify it to fit your stance. Oh, and then okay. I had to draw your arm and leg, like an yeah, extra... Yeah, yeah. So I, I did have to take some artistic license with this. But for the most part, the Elite is pretty stock how I found it. And the Wiggins is pretty stock What's how rad I found is it. like... It, if people don't know what we're talking about, you posted it on the Facebook and the Instagram this week, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I think I put it on Facebook. I definitely put it on Instagram. So it's just like me full tuck on the Ducati, <laughs> minus the Ducati put onto a Honda Elite. Yeah. Somebody that raced out their Elite, they they uh, 
I would race a fucking scooter, dude. Oh, Who's got a scooter? I'll race yeah, it. I'm going to go race 50s real soon, so. I think it was um, it was somewhere in the Northwest because they had it had like a whole bunch of Northwest cycle mm. part and blah 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 all over it and so they had I was I was trying to find where they actually were because I was trying to look up to see what race series this was because it looking at the uh, the rear sets basically they had to put a brake lever backwards so they could like tuck on it and have their foot hanging out back. So, a lot of the elites, so they didn't have a foot brake. Then they just have two hand brakes. Probably. So they. So you so would what just they put did is foot pegs they, on it. Yeah, they they put one way back on the swing arm so that you're like, it's a rear set for an elite, which yeah. would have to mount to the case somewhere, you know, because yeah. the motor is that the case technically the the whole thing moves like the swing arm is part of the motor. But That's it's rad. Awesome. <laughs> I had a lot of fun. It's taken me forever because. I've just been doing it in my spare time, but yeah. uh, when I get done, uh, I might be putting that into the uh, creative writing sticker uh, <laughs> folder for uh, all, know, the, all the patrons. Uh, and actually, I wanted to say um, the patrons, we, I got my first payout a couple this last week from the guys that pledged uh, like a month ago. It takes a while for that to catch up. You get paid like right. on the 5th of every month or something. So you guys that have pledged within this month, I won't get it till next month, but I do want to let you know the stickers are, of course, on order. I've, I've hand-drawing the CDs. Uh, I, I drew one the other day, and I'm drawing one again tonight. Uh, I drew one again tonight right before dinner, and I'm going to be slapping some stuff uh, all the music on there and shipping those out as soon as the stickers arrive. The, the stickers, I got the proof back yesterday. I had to make a little change, and they sent me confirmation today that they're done and they should be getting shipped soon. So well, That reminded me, our conversation we had previous to recording about my knives and heat treat, Lance, my heat treater, screwed me over in a way. Yeah. So, um, it's yeah. Not like, not like they cost bucks. me any money. or <laughs> No, they didn't cost me any money. They didn't fuck anything up. They just fucked me time-wise. But um, I'm picking them up from Heat Treat tomorrow, not heat treated, and I have to send them to Pennsylvania. I found a heat treater that – the red part was – so the heat treater I found when you get on their website, it has two tabs, industrial and blades. Like they are known for doing knives, and they do them all the time. So I thought that was kind of awesome. Um, you ever get your knives shop peened or anything like that? I haven't. So we have a shop peener at work, but I haven't tried that yet. We have a sandblaster at work, and I, I've tried that after heat treat. Um, I do have a rock tumbler at work. I like to tumble them, and I'm, I need to buy a rock tumbler. Harbor Freight's like 150 bucks for the bigger hey, one. Hey, now that I've shaved, I think my name for – until my mustache grows back out, it should be Rock Tumbler. <laughs> <laughs> I'm your host, Rock Tumbler. Um, so I do that before heat treat because it helps kind of knock down some of the edges. But honestly, um, I like uh, I like the sharp edge from the flat surface of the blank to the grind. Um, and I'm getting better with my grinds where there's they're not as coarse. I'm going to finer uh, sanding material. But I'm also trying to find that happy medium of what looks good like to me on a good quality knife like you're gonna see the grind even though i get it back from heat treat and i leave it all like i don't want it polished mere smooth and honestly too maybe that's because i don't know how those guys polish it mere smooth and still leave the hard yeah, line i like the i like your the finishes on these things. yeah yeah and they i like rough, them you know yeah like, and i that's, like how they look they look like you could use them and not have to not scuff them up right and that's honestly like the kind of the idea or the um the style that i was going after like i wanted a tactical edc user um some of what sells better for me is more like self-defense style stuff um and i'm cool with that um 
I don't even like, I have one of that style for myself and I don't even really carry it. Um, but if without that finish, it's to me like all the Land Rovers and shit that I see driving around without any scratches on them, you know what I'm saying? You know, and I see a lot of guys, though, that will do like a shopping finish when they get it back from Heat Treat, and then they'll regrind the flats so that you get the grind marks with like the shopping finish. So even though it's not black, it's still a very like use yeah. user like looking finish, and you're going to want to use it and stuff like that. But, um, yeah, so just so Lance knows, I figured this would even be better than telling him over Instagram that uh, um, I'm just waiting on heat treat. Yeah. And my turnaround time at this other place is like 10 to 15 days, whatever. I'm going to have to do that in the midst of getting race bikes ready and driving to fucking Sacramento this weekend and driving to Tennessee in another week. Yeah, Wigs cruised so, up in a sprinter van tonight. Yeah. I have oh. the I have the Speed Merchant Seminole in the back too. Oh Jesus! I'm gonna ride it on the mile on Sunday. Well, let's take some pictures of it for you to bail. Um, it was funny because Brownie's like, "You're gonna ride that on the mile?" And I was like, "I told you I wanted to ride it on the mile." He's like, "I thought he was like didn't want it on the mile. Like he didn't want me to crash it." He's like, "That thing's not gonna have any power at all." <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I know." I was like, <laughs> "He was worried for you." Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm doing two classes, so if it sucks, I'll just ride my sporty in both. But my sporty is going to be out of power in a mile too, dude. I The idea behind the mile, it's funny because it's like amateur mile and it's technically a race. It's not, dude. It's go as fast as you feel comfortable. You know, it's – I was thinking about this earlier today and listening to the misfits um, and listening about people crash and people getting hurt and blah, blah, blah. Like I think a lot of motorcyclists don't know their own limits and like, don't get me wrong. Like, why are you I, looking at me, Wiggins? <laughs> <laughs> I test my limits. Like, that's for sure. And I'm not like a slow rider, but I will get to a level where I'm like, okay, this is my level. Like, I'm scared out of my fucking mind right now. Now, like, Big Willow is a good example. When I went in December, I was scared. And I was when I went a few weeks ago, too, but I was definitely faster than I was in December. Like, what I do, like, I'll get to the point where I'm scared, and then I'm going to go, okay, I'm going to pay attention to my breaking points now, and then I'm going to pay attention to my shift points, and then I'm going to start improving and go, okay, so, like, this corner was bothering me. Let's let's study this corner as I go through it, and then next lap, I'll try to go through it a little faster and a little faster, and, like, that's kind of how I do it. But So going to the mile, I'm not going to race. Like, I know – Two hooligan guys that are going probably going to be there. I'm going to get on a fucking mile because yeah. as a hooligan, we can't. As someone that's not a professional flat track racer, this is the only amateur mile in the country. Everyone's scared to let us on a mile as hooligans. Everyone's scared to let amateurs on a mile. Yeah. Um, so what they do for the amateur mile is the pros race Saturday night. They lay down a bunch of rubber. And then, and it's, it's, it's prepped. Sacramento is one of the better tracks for them. You know, the people that prep it, whether it's the AFT crew or whether it's a Sacramento, like local crew, whatever, it gets prepped really well. It's usually a really nice track. And then we wake up early Sunday morning and ride it. Yeah. Like they probably water it after the pros are off Saturday and we fucking ride it Sunday morning. How many people do you think I would be hang o- hung over on uh, Sunday morning? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, dude. You it might was, be faster out there. It was the most expensive race I think I've ever single event signed up for. Yeah. I signed up for two classes and it was $180 for a fucking flat track race. Yeah. For and I guarantee 10, there's no payback. 15 laps, 10 laps. We get some practice. And then there's a heat in a main at least. We got to be done by four. 
I think we get a couple practice sessions, cool. but I've got on and watched like YouTube videos. So it's videos for mile it. seat time, kind of. I mean, yeah, basically, it's, yeah, for a lot of, I'm sure for some people it's for seat time. You know, a lot of the locals up there that are getting their pro license or have their pro license, it's experience. There's probably a lot of local pros that race the night before and they want to get on it. I asked Carver about it and uh, I think he thought I was trying to borrow a bike and I was like, no, nah, dude, I'm going to ride my hooligan bike. But I just wanted like some tips, some like, hey, you <laughs> like, yeah. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. I know uh, Jordan Baber, I think is going to stick around for it because he's going to be in town for Friday and I'm sure Graham on the Indian is going to do it. He did it last year. Um and I'll be in their class for one class, and they're too young to be in my older class. <laughs> so, uh, like, and you're not you're not that old, dude. It's so funny. No, but there's like a thirty or thirty five <laughs> plus that I can do. Yeah, Graham. Now that might you're thirty five, isn't that rad? You're 30, like thirty, but Baber's not. You're still young, but you're old enough to do some of these like thirty five yeah. plus classes. Yeah. I was thinking, uh, if you're into cycling, though, thirty five plus is a super old man, but they're fucking fast as hell, dude. Uh, like I wouldn't want to race like Josh Hayes or Troy Bayless, and I think aren't they both over? Are they both over forty now? Like, oh, well, I, I don't know. Troy, I know Troy Bayless is, but I'm just saying. I think I mean, Josh look Hayes at is how old is Colin Edwards? He yeah, he's at least how 40, old is maybe? Rossi, dude? He's, he's 40. 40 or forty one. Kenny Kubeth is forty or forty one. Like, yeah, there's some fast old. Kubeth might actually be older than that, dude. I think yeah, he might be 140. He's been a pro for well, I don't know. You know what? He's been a pro for. Over 20 years. And I think when he started the going pro, though, he was uh, like 17. 17 or 18, yeah, yeah. So I think he's 40 or 41. And I don't, he's not retiring because he's old and needs to retire. Like, you know, we were talking about Cool Beth and how he, uh, a couple of years ago, when he said he was turning 40, they were showing him flipping tires and shit in his backyard, like mm-hmm. big old tractor tires, not like little, yeah. he's flipping dirt bike tires going, ah, yeah. Ah. <laughs> no, he was flipping so, some yeah, legit it's not, shit. It's not super old, but to be at that level at that age, there's a lot that comes with it, and it's evident with guys like Cool Beth, even guys like Meese. Um, when you watch them ride compared to the kids that are 18, 19, 20, Speedway is the same way. Um, you watch guys like, unfortunately, Darcy Ward, um, Chris Holder, um, Ty Wolfington. Like These are all top-level world dudes, and they're a little <laughs> or a lot on edge. And you watch Hancock, who runs with them and beats them pretty often. I mean, that's why he's still relevant as a world champion. He was world champion two or three years ago. Like, But he's so much smoother and so much more precise. Mm-hmm. And it's like different kinds of racing. Like the younger guys are more wide open, balls to the walls, throwing it, you know, like Carver literally dragging his foot peg on the wall in Texas or in uh, Atlanta. Like – yeah, and he U- was searching it for to paint the wall. Yeah, a little bit, you know, yeah. he was searching for a line type stuff, and it's like slamming into people and running, you know, doing that kind of shit. And you watch the older guys; they don't do that. Their passes are a little more thought out, a little more methodical, a little more patience. Yeah, but they still get there in the end. Yeah. Let's quit talking about old guys and move on to some like pseudo news. Fake news, you might say. In the news, uh, I did want to say there was a couple cool things that happened. Um, first off, I 
there's a there's a podcast that I don't necessarily listen to, but I did listen to it. Uh, Motorcycles and Misfits. Today I always listen to that <laughs> one. Um, Brodo GP. I don't often listen to, but they had a Moto America, and I've said before, like I really hope Moto America comes back online. DMG did a terrible job of fucking that up, and the AMA like co-owning it or whatever whoever did that whole shenanigans the schwartz is running that now right yeah now that it's moto america and crave but like when it was still ama run and uh, dmg owned it and that all that was shit nascar were, right yeah like the nascar era that's who runs aft right now though isn't it um <laughs> aft runs aft right now kind of you know aft well, made it like a distinguishing ama had i believe the nascar ama was road racing and flat track for a while so when they change to AFT, it's a new ownership? They're running it as a separate new series, and AFT has branched off. And I read something about where AFT had had – I mean, they're obviously sanctioned by the AMA, but I think the uh, Moto America probably is too. I mean, there's some like, yeah, the rules and still, shit. It's like FIM at least. Yeah, I think they run those rules. Um, you probably have to have an AMA racing license. But it's not uh, – <laughs> They yeah. probably carry the insurance or whatever yeah. from. But it's not like technically an AMA run series. I think the only <coughs> thing that's AMA anymore is, uh, well, I guess. Uh, Motocross flat- and stuff, I believe, is still actual AMA, AMA. Yeah. And uh, and even that is owned by the company that owns like Barnum and shit. So it's we- it's really weird who, who runs what. Yeah. But um, so Broto GP, they usually talk about uh, MotoGP, obviously. But. Um, the today the the episode ninety one that I listened to they're already on like ninety five or something already but I listened to episode ninety one because it was talking about Moto America and I really want Moto America and Supermoto to enjoy this sort of comeback that Flat Track has and I really hope that whoever is doing it is paying attention and kind of gets the idea of hey look what Moto America did and you know not Moto America but look what um, AFT did I think to me as someone who also doesn't pay that much attention to it. Partially because it's hard. Like, the only reason I'm able to really keep up with flat track is fans' choice. Yeah, you know, and I and I try harder, but yeah. um, I don't know what Moto America has like that. Yeah, well, be that's a, that's one of the main problems. The first problem was that Moto America lost. Well, when they went to you know Moto America and Crave, they don't have the fans' choice. Used to have all the AMA. Superbike mm. races on there, but when they went down to five a season, is it worth it to pack up your van and and like the fans' choice shit is free, right? Yeah, is it worth it for them to pack up their van and all the shit that it must take to telecast a a, a race and all the logistics and getting all synced up because you got the local announcers plus you got your fans' choice announcers. I don't know why they do that. They do that at AFT too. Yeah, and I, I'm so I get tired of hearing the local announcers over. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and well, and then Scotty. you have the MSNBC like, deal too. So you have to. There's like well, probably three different. But when you listen, when on. you watch the NBC Sports thing, um, Scotty Dubler's still on that. So that okay. other, I don't know though, if that like the other announcer I don't hear at the track. So I'm not sure. Like it's only Scotty. Yeah. But then when you watch it on there, I feel like it's Scotty and the other guy. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Scotty and um, I wonder Bubba. for uh, no, no, Bubba's at all of them. So, oh, man, Scotty, I'll tell you what. <laughs> so I wonder with Moto America, as an outsider um, who brought Flat Track back. No, I'm just fucking around. Um, if if Moto America, like, and this is also listening to the Wayne Rainey interview, like, Moto America to me is hard for a few reasons. And this is someone who, like, I, I've said it on the show before. Like, I used to totally, totally be in love with road racing. Yeah, it me was, too. 
it was kind of the epitome of motorcycle racing. And I don't feel that it's the epitome because I was never into motocross. So I was into sport bikes and my dad used to do a little bit of road racing. And I was just like, those were the bikes I thought were cooler, but having there's like six classes, but all the bikes look the same and it costs fucking 50 grand to go racing and be semi competitive. It probably costs more than that. Actually, you got to go buy a new 600, do whatever you can to, meet the rules and then or a thousand and i just felt like you know so many guys have a 600 and a thousand or you have for a while they had the formula extremes that were 600s but you were allowed to do whatever you wanted so i remember seeing like miguel dulhamel had a set of seventeen thousand dollar olin's forks on them yeah he came up a few times in uh in that road of gp by the way um and but how do you get into that and i feel like the little the, the 300 series is going to help, but um, I feel like one of the problems with motorcycle racing in general is no one wants to help anyone else. Like, dude, we were at – I was at Willow for a classic track day actually with ramming speed, and I was, we were at Streets of Willow, which kind of wraps around the flat track. Tony Elise was at the flat track racing flat track. <laughs> and I'm like, how ironic is it that we're all around here like going slow as shit on streets of Willow and Tony fucking Elise is over there going slow as shit on the flat track. Yeah. Speaking of Moto America, he he's number one, I think right now in yeah, Moto America. He wasn't slow as shit, but he also wasn't, you know, he wasn't me and Carver in flat track either. He was, he was Tony Elise in flat track. Yeah. He was just doing okay. You know what? I saw him at the Super Prestigio of the Americas in 2015, and he was all right. He's and then good. He's he's also been in the Super Prestigio a couple of times. He's good. You, you know, know, it's like J.D. Beach. Like, in saying this is J.D. Beach is like, done really well the first round. and um, But I don't know. What I see is – and it's hard to do spec classes because I think when you do spec spec classes – everyone's like, oh, you have to get this part from this supplier? Well, we're going to charge twice as much. And that kills a fucking spec class. Like, what can you do to do an affordable series that is fun to watch? I think Naked Bikes is a really cool idea. Yeah. I um, love the old Boulder Ore where they had, like, flat number plates. They were pretty much yeah, naked. and dude. You know, like... Even if you let them take new thousands. Like, so Icon has this event. I really want to do it. And if I get an RC 51, I shouldn't strip it down and make a street fighter, but it might, but, and none of that, I don't think Icon's going to send me to France <laughs> and my bike, but there's this event in France called the street fighters and Icon's one of the big sponsors of it. And it's fucking rad. Like it's a road race day and they have a drag strip. I think too, I read this year on the flyer and it's in France, which are all about weird street fighters and they yeah. fucking road race street fighters but they have to be like i don't think you can take an fc09 i don't you might be able to take a buell if you did some work to it like you it's got to be a customized street fighter like that's kind of the point like a ducati monster that'd be stupid does it have to have those weird demon heads you know this no i don't think it has to be that bad (laughs) i hate that one i want like but you know what I'm talking about? The guys yeah, that yeah, legit yeah, have yeah, like yeah, the demon yeah, heads yeah. on the- and the tail section that it's at a 45 degree angle. <laughs> yeah. I'm totally not into that. What I'm into is like a naked, a modern sport bike that's been, that's like got no fairing on it. I think that's bitching or a small bikini fairing, but, um, maybe something like that would be cool. And I know that's one thing that they're talking about with some of the other racing, like world Superbike, is doing that class for like the BMW S 1000 S is that what the naked one is? Um, the S1000R. 
S one thousand R is the full fairing one, right? S one thousand R R is the full oh, fairing so one. there's one R and two R's. Gotcha. Um, I don't know. To me, that could be like a cool start. I think electric, but I don't think that's necessarily a cheap way to get into it. And at these Moto America events, why don't they have Supermoto set up? Like, take a part of the course and run. You know, take the most technical section of the course, run some Supermotos on it, and then put a dirt section in it. And I don't know. You mean do like a like a road race slash supermoto like in one weekend? That would be pretty big. And you know, at uh, when they used to run at Fontana, they they did that before, but yeah. it was like totally in the pits, totally separate deal. Um, make it part of it. Um, you know, fuck, you know, last dude, I, mean, I mean, last year the Golden I forget what they're called, Golden State Supermoto did an event at Irwindale. That's and a Wars, right? Maybe I like I don't know what it, I don't know exactly what it was, but it was um. I think it was called Golden State Supermoto. Maybe. And they uh, did it on a night where, NAS- where you know, Irwindale's NASCAR track, they're going to be racing later that night. And so yeah. I was like, what a way to expose, like, yeah. 50,000 redneck or 30,000, whatever that holds over there, 30,000 yeah. rednecks to Supermoto. Like, that's so Especially awesome. Especially, like, that crowd. They're like, well, goddamn, dude, taking them dirt bikes on yeah, that pavement yeah. right there. And, yeah, and there's dude, also- I remember watching... I believe it was at Irwindale too, but it was way back when I lived in Indiana. It would have been early 2000s, maybe older than that. And I don't even remember what channel I saw it on. It was this random ass coverage of a supermoto race. I'm pretty sure at Irwindale. And what I remember is Mike Metzger got third. Oh shit. And he had a little gap. So he, to cross the line, he hops up on the seat and does a seat stander wheelie across the line. Nice. <laughs> and I was like, that's fucking rad. And then freestyle motocross was born, right? Or like, was, this was after he was already famous <laughs> okay, from freestyle okay. motocross. <laughs> from what, um, when I worked at Rollins, one of the guys that worked there rode with Metzger a lot. And I guess, um, he really wanted to be a racer. That's what he enjoyed. Yeah. He's racing like, uh, Baja shit now. Probably is. Cause like, he's old as fuck shit. now. Yeah, he's and racing. I saw like Deegan's daughters racing like stock cars. Yeah. Um, maybe that, you know what I'm thinking of is, is Deegan. He's, maybe. he's the one that's racing. Um, that's yeah, he who's, he's racing some. pro yeah, trof- trophy trucks and pro yeah. trucks and all that shit. He, he skipped from the, um, you know, from the bike to the like trike, he, no, he, he skipped <laughs> he straight right to, to the, the car. The car yeah. Um, but I think Metzger wanted to race motocross and he just wasn't good enough and he happened to be good enough at the freestyle stuff. So yeah. that's what he did. But yeah, it was super H- cool hashtag to like, see Uh, speaking of the BrotoGP episode they were talking about that and they said that you know the future MotoGP star from America because remember Nikki Hayden was like the last one in MotoGP and then PJ Jacobson or whatever Uh, and they were like the last ones but he he hasn't been in since 2011 that's true he did one year and retired like Nikki Hayden was the last guy besides PJ Jacobson to actually be in it. And I don't know Jacobson's in it this year at all either. I don't know. Um, I've never even heard of him, so it shows how much I know. <laughs> so if Jacobson's not racing, we don't have any Americans in MotoGP. Yeah. So the guys from MotoGP Bro- were saying the next <coughs> the next uh, MotoGP champion from the States and next great ro- uh, like superbike racer, any, any world superbike, is in motocross right now. And it's because in the United States specifically that's where Colin Edwards came from dude if you have a if your dad has a truck and you uh, or your mom let's say and you uh have like a, 
fifteen hundred bucks to spend on a dirt bike and you're a little kid, that's what you're doing. Like there you're not ro- you're not spending fifty thousand dollars on a road race rig to, to a go. A lot of it too, it's it's more accessible. It's in more places. It's easier. It's not as frowned upon. You know, it's kind of ironic when you start up a racing video game, it's the first thing it always says. Street racing is dangerous. Go to the track. How many fucking tracks are closing? Oh, yeah. Like, and, you know, Wayne Rainey talked about it on the Misfits podcast. Like, sponsors, sponsors, sponsors. But sponsors need to see a return. They need to see exposure. They need to see a reason for that. And that's where, like, our hooligan stuff benefits is where, like, dude, I'm selling out the fucking the Milwaukee Bucks arena. Yeah. Um, and you know what? And it's still hard to get sponsors to give fucking money. Yeah. Like, it's fucking ridiculous. And then I go to, like, I go to Cycle Gear, and they're like, well, are you a pro? And I'm like, no, I can't get a pro license. And they're like, okay, so you're an amateur. And I'm like, but I get more exposure than any pro flat tracker. Like, except very few, like Mies and Baker. All right, well, while Wiggins battles it out with social media and online with all the pros and uh, sponsorship and all that, let's get to some real news. Here is some uh, real news that I wanted to talk about that's happening in the world of uh, motorcycling. And uh, first off, did you hear about uh, Evil Knievel? Well, if if you know who Evil Knievel is, uh, you'll you'll will have heard that Travis Pastrana is going to be reenacting uh, some of Evil Knievel's jumps. Now, Evil Knievel obviously famous for crashing most of the time, but uh, Travis Pastrana is going to be doing these, uh, recreating some of Evil's jumps on an Indian, which is almost like heresy because uh, Evil did most of his, I think, on a Triumph in the beginning, but then he moved to Harley Davidson and. Uh, propelled both Harley and Evil, literally and figuratively, into the American psyche and pop culture. Uh, so it's going to be interesting seeing, you know, Travis, the uh, king of Nitro Circus, and um, really the the king stuntman right now, him and Robbie Madison are two of the most well-known, uh, reenacting some of Evil's jumps on an Indian. We'll see. America's first. They can never take America's first away from Indian, but... Uh, Longest running, coolest. You probably can't take that away from Harley and Evil. Uh, so also in the news, Harley Davidson, similar to this beef ban that we were all up in arms about a couple years ago, I guess last year it was, motorcycles are being used as leverage to manipulate foreign trade policy once again. Uh, in late February, the German press reported that Harley Davidson, um, an iconic American, American product which is still really uh expensive and 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 uh, traded a lot over in Europe um, was being considered for extra EU import taxes if Mr. Trump went ahead, I guess President Trump went ahead with the pr- proposed additional duties and tariffs on steel imported from Europe. Uh, I found the article over on Bike Social if you want to go over there and take a peek at that. But it's the same thing. We were all up in arms because uh, we, Europe wouldn't take our crummy hormone-laden beef, so we were going to tax their bikes and now they're like well we're going to tax your bikes because you're like tariffing our steel so here we go again folks um suzuki made the news recently after just releasing the gsx r250 a few months ago um (laughs) for 2018 and i really haven't even barely even seen any in showroom floors yet they've already filed a patent for the gsx r300 
Uh, it's going to be popping out as a possible 2019 bike. Um, if you want to know the specs on it, you can still, like I said, it's a patent for it. So I'm not going to tell you if it's a twin or a single. I'm not going to run down all the specs that uh, may or may not be coming to the line. But I just want you to know that this is a funny move considering that the uh, I think Kawasaki's Ninja just moved to 400 because they couldn't pass uh, Euro 4 emissions. Who knows if this GSX-R250, like all of a sudden, whoops, couldn't do it. So here comes the 300. Or who knows if it's because Kawasaki... I mean, Suzuki wants to race in the lightweight class with the 390 and the Ninja 400 and the R3, so they need to step it up. The 250 was not going to be viable, so they may be, may be going for that lightweight class. Um, we'll see. Uh, episode 125, I'm so proud to announce that, uh, yeah, we've made it, man. And I feel like to commemorate this episode, we should talk about Honda. Uh, in the summer of 2019, at least in Europe, they... Uh, are going to debut the Monkey. Now, the Monkey has remained in continuous production in Europe, at least, for the last 50 years, from 67 to 2017, um, as the Z50. But now it's getting an upgrade, and it's being released as a 125, and kind of think like Retro Grom. You know, they have the CBR, the CB1000, or the CB1000R, and then they have the CB... Uh, 1100, which is like the retro dual shock, you know, round headlight looking deal. This is sort of the same thing. It's taken some of the stuff from the Grom. It's got the same uh, ABS, the same forks, um, the same wheels. And uh, I think that's about it besides maybe some of the motor. And even some of the covering that goes over the motor looked a little different. So we'll see. But the side covers and all that are like totally cool retro. The front end's retro. It has two rear shocks and like a scrambler pipe on it. So all that's totally different. But um, so it's only it's sharing a few things, but hardly even the running gear and the frames obviously going to be different if it's dual shock, uh, and it's got like the, an old school fender instead of the Grom sporty bodywork. So imagine like a CB eleven hundred EX version of a Grom coming out, and hopefully they bring those over here to the states because I love retro looking bikes. Uh, also, MOT laws in in the United States here it's the Department of Transportation, but in in Europe it's the Ministry of Transportation, and I don't know in Australia and other places what it might be called, but um, they have safety inspections. And here in the states, a lot of uh, a lot of places, a lot of states and counties that had uh, safety inspections are kind of moving away from them because they figure that it costs them more to do these inspections and set up these inspection sites than it actually does to prevent accidents and stuff from happening. Um, but uh, there's a whole bunch of MOT laws that are passing right now in the UK that are going to be really, really uh, like expansive. Um, some of the extra items that they're going to be testing during the safety checks are going to include the following. Obviously, if your tires aren't inflated correctly, the brake fluid is contaminated. Now, they're not going to pop it open or take a sample, but they can look through the sight glass. And if you've got black fluid in there, obviously, you need to, uh, you need to do that. Um, if there's any fluid leaks posing a risk to the environment, so if you've got oil dripping on the ground, they're going to mark you down for that. Um, brake fluid, uh, coolant, anything dripping or leaking from your bikes, they're going to check all that and uh, you know nick you for that. 
and brake pad warning lights, or and they can probably check the brake pads. Um, they're going to check missing brake pads or discs because in the past, if you had like a seizing brake on a dual disc bike, people would just chuck one side, go past their um, inspection, and then put the other one back on or like rebuild it and put it back on. Nowadays, if your bike came stock with two discs and you show up with only one, you're getting marked down for that. You're not going to be able to pass the inspection. Um, daytime run. Running bikes on, uh, or I'm sorry, daytime running lights on bikes and cars, um, first used from March 1 forward uh, of this year forward, um, is going to be a thing that they need to have. And most bikes nowadays do have at least one running light, so that's a thing. And so, yeah, there's a lot of of times, um, you know, People don't, didn't know what they're looking for, and I guess they're training people specifically uh, what to look for and how a motorcyclist might um, bypass a loophole. You know, they're going to check all your fuses, make sure you didn't pop a fuse out to get the ABS to not work or to work or whatever. You know what I'm saying? So they're going to check all that stuff. Um, a lot of the stuff listed above. One of the items that wasn't listed in, on this uh, list that I found was uh, HID lights. If you have high-intensity discharge lamps, you will fail unless they are standard like the BMW K1200 GT and I think the um, the K1600 GT and GTL obviously have those. But if you have HID lights, you're going to fail. Um, so yeah, check out these uh, some of the new laws that you're going <laughs> to have to pass. Really, really strict, rigid stuff. Um, also coming up, uh, we're coming up on it quick, actually at the end of this month, right before solstice slam kicks in is the Isle of Man TT baby. And that means that Pike's peak is also just around the corner. Uh, this year's Isle of Man, I was really interested in it cause John McGinnis was hurt and, um, st- stayed out of last year's because he ate it on Honda and he's been with Honda for a long time. And so I was wondering what's going on this year with him. And I think he just recently got hurt again. <clears throat> but the thing is, is I haven't seen anything where he's pulling out yet. I thought I read somewhere that he recently re-injured his leg or his arm and uh, was pulling out. But I didn't see anything. So here goes. Um, I'm not 100% sure who's who's running in the Super Stock. I mean, the Super Sport and the uh, Senior right now. They're still kind of getting stuff together. But for the second year in a row, there's going to be a, a yank over there. Um, he's a guy from Phoenix, Arizona. He's a businessman and an airline pilot, and his name's Pete Murray. And he'll be the only uh, guy from the U.S. over there in the world's most challenging motorcycle road race. And he's going to be racing for the VRS racing team, um, and that'll be pretty cool. He'll be there. Uh, the The Isle of Man starts May 25th and runs all the way through June 8th. It's like a two-week deal, so uh, we'll see what's happening there. There was a lot of uh, news in Supersport. And that's a cool class to watch because they're 600 cc's, but they're not far off the pace of the thousands and the unlimiteds. And these are where, like a lot of the guys too, we see you know people running multiple classes anyway. But this year was really interesting. Like I said, I wanted to see where John McGinnis was going to be coming in, and it's really interesting. Uh, after his crash on the Honda the year before last, he's like, oh, what's going on here? He's racing for a former rival, Michael Dunlop. And in the Super Sport class, it goes like this. We got Connor Cummins in spot one racing for Paget's Honda. Uh, James Hillier racing for the Quattro Plant JG Speedfit Kawasaki in spot two. Spot three is uh, Connor Cummins' teammate Lee Johnston racing on a Paget's Honda. Uh, spot four is Ian Hutchinson 
racing for Honda. Uh, Dean Harrison in fifth, racing for Silicon Engineering Kawasaki. And I think he's actually James Hillier's uh, teammate, just on a different uh, sponsor for his Kawasaki. In sixth spot, we got Michael Dunlop racing his own MD Racing uh, Honda this year. And um, a similar, the CBR, it's a you know just a CBR 600 RR. And uh, seventh spot, Gary Johnson racing for the RAF Regular and Reserve Triumph. Um, Dan Kaneen in eighth spot racing for Jackson Racing Honda. Ninth spot is uh, Billy Dunlop, uh, Michael's brother, racing for um, Temple Golf Club Yamaha. Tenth spot is Peter Hickman, racing the Trooper Beer Triumph. And uh, that's the top ten. I don't know where John McGinn – it listed off a few more, but the the important thing was here, I was trying to find out where John McGinnis is going to be. I'm not 100% sure where he's going to be since he missed last year's TT, but he's going to be racing the other uh, Michael Dunlop Racing CBR 600 RR in that class um, after missing the 2017 TT total uh mcginnis as you may know is 46 years old so he's pretty old dude out there doing stuff like me and wiggins were talking about all these other flat tracker dudes uh and and older road racer guys doing and um he's also racing a kawasaki er650 in the lightweight class he's racing for norton he got hired on by them uh over the break to race the sg7 in the superbike and the senior tt class and he's also supposed to ride the mugen shinden nana in the ses tt zero class and um so that's pretty interesting i mean i think that's pretty cool he's riding michael dunlop spike in the super super sport class he's riding the friggin norton v4 in the uh, superbike class and then he's also riding an electric bike and a lightweight bike. he's like he's like doing every uh class that he can this year and um michael dunlop's actually going to be on the tyco bmw s1000 rr uh who which i think he set the fastest lap over the summer or something like that um so or last year at the end of last year uh, and that brings us to Pike's Peak, man. After that, America's road race happens, and it's up uh, Pike's Peak, the race to the clouds. Ducati, I just got a press release and threw it out on their website. The Ducati's coming back, um, trying to take back their course record. Carlin Dunn got it in 2012, I believe it was. Uh, just He rode to Pike's Peak on a Multistrada, broke a bunch of records, won the, uh, you know, got the record, and then it just got broke actually like last year, I think. And so they're setting their sights on it again. Carlin's been doing part of the uh, riders coach thing for the past couple of years. And uh, so he's going to be on a team with the new 1260 Multistrada. They upped it by 60 cc's. And uh, so, yeah, they're going to try and take on Pike's Peak uh, this year and see if they can do it again. Him and his uh, teammate, I believe, is going to be Cody Vashultz. Um, and so they're making up the 2018 Spider Grips Ducati Pikes Peak team. And uh, we're going to talk about the Ducati, the Multistrada 1260, um, because I think it, to compete with that, BMW has also upped the, what's it called, the, um, the R1200s to 1250s, oddly enough. And we didn't get to it a few episodes ago, but I wanted Wiggins and I to talk about the new BMWs that are coming out that are... Um, 
750, the F750 and F850. And it looks like Honda is also bringing the NC750. So everything's going up by 50 cc's. And I, they're not necessarily getting more powerful, I don't think. I think they're passing emissions and keeping the same amount of power is what they're trying to do there. So it'll be an interesting year to see people stepping up by 50 or 60 cc's and see how all that works out on the showroom floor. All right, let's get back to the show. And uh, actually, let's get to a special guest real quick. Please hang up and try again. Everyone, long-anticipated returning guest to the podcast. We have somebody from Wisconsin on the phone. It's the founder, one of the founders, and uh, I don't know, what do you call yourself? The... the, the founder and the like beginner, right, of the WIR top ten bikes list, Jason Goldmeyer. Hey, how's it going? Pretty good. AKA Goldfinger. How you doing, bud? Oh, I've been better, but not too bad. <laughs> yeah. If anybody's been following along on the Facebooks, we know um we'll get to we'll get to uh that in a minute. There's you know, you, you have been better. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we don't, and we don't mean faster, but uh, yeah, uh, I'm pretty excited. How's how's the weather there right now? Oh, today it was in the 60s. Okay. It sounds like tomorrow is supposed to be in the 70s. Nice. Yes, it's it's only like 77 here today, so I feel like it's uh, freezing. <laughs> it's like cloudy <laughs> 70s. It's probably like a summer day for you guys. Um, hey, a month a month ago we had two feet of snow. So I know, I, isn't it crazy? And we were like in the 90s in February, and then all of a sudden it started to rain like last couple of weeks. So it's been a weird uh, year for weather, that's for sure. Um, so I'm excited watching the WIR top 10 this year because uh, there's been a couple changes that that have been made. And I think I talked to Singsime a few months ago over the winter time when he was getting his DRZs and everything ready. Not that he's going to be drag racing those, but. Uh, I guess he had better stuff to do than, you know, get cheap trick in order. So, yeah, he's um, everybody's been hammering out. I haven't seen um, the the normal uh, like lead up to the first race where everyone's been pulling their hair out because, like you said, a month ago there was a ton of snow on the ground, and so I don't know if people really didn't think that the season was going to kick off or what. But I mean, it's May, you know, it should be should be sunny and and good riding weather. So, yeah, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Um, so tell us a little bit about the, the rule changes for this year. Uh, it's not going to be like a call-out system like it was before? Nope. This year we're going to try doing points. Um, we're just going to draw draw cards before each round, so it's totally random on who you're going to run. And you'll get two points for every win and one point for a loss. And Basically, that we're trying to do that so some of the slower guys have just as much chance of I guess winning the championship or winning or being number one than some of the faster guys, you know? Yeah. And and Wiggins and I were talking about that, how consistency pays off in almost every sport. The WIR, it didn't always pay out to be consistent if you weren't like up there in the top, you know what I'm saying? So this is a chance for somebody that even if they don't win, if they finish or if they get like a, don't you get like an extra point if you get like best reaction time or something like that? Yeah. Best reaction time every round will get one bonus point. Rad. So I mean, yeah. If you can, if you can work it up that way, and you can keep getting those, and keep, you know, like we've seen. That's what I'm saying. People last year were breaking down left and right, and all of a sudden positions are changing. And so if we see some of that, maybe if somebody's not the fastest, but they're the most consistent, they can uh, pull off a victory this year. Yeah, especially if they can show up to every event, then they'll do pretty well. Yeah, and and I'm not. Sing Syme said he's going to crush my bike if I uh, if it rains this 
tonight. <laughs> well, you know, the show's going on tonight. So right now you're at the, as you're hearing Jason, he's at the track. Um, well, are you going to be racing? I should, first of all, I should ask that. No, I'm not going to be racing and probably not for a while. Man. So you want to, if, if everybody hasn't been paying attention, you want to clue us in a little bit on what happened there? Um, two weeks ago, I was bracket racing my bike. Just, I was more working on the setup than anything, but they were bracket races. And uh, I went and crossed the finish line, let, let off the gas, and grabbed the front brake lever, and the front end just washed out at me at probably about 140. Jeez Louise. A little, just a slow uh, little get off there at 140 miles an hour. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I saw your... Um, your helmet. I mean, I was, I was pretty amazed. It looks like you just hit every angle on that thing. Good thing you're wearing a full face, you know? And, uh, God, you're, you got a pretty good sized, uh, I I wouldn't even call it a cherry. It's more like a waffle on your arm, but, um, it looks like your gear held up pretty good. Yeah, it actually did. When I went down, I kind of landed on my face and (laughs) then, and then my, my body was on top of my right forearm. And, uh, so I was sliding on my right forearm and I'm like, I got to get my arm out of there. It's getting really hot, you know? So then I tried rolling over onto my back and that's, and then I started tumbling. Yeah. Yeah. How far did you, uh, slide? I mean, that sounds like you had time to think it out at 140 miles an hour. I'm guessing it wasn't just a few feet. <laughs> I was probably sliding 10, 10 seconds, maybe. I, it felt like 10 seconds. It probably was only like one or two. Yeah. But I was going to say, yeah. they could have made two more passes uh, in the time that you were sliding. Right. <laughs> like, the, sl- the sliding wasn't that bad. It was the tumbling. I was like, oh, that was a dumb move. But y- Yeah. But, yeah, you're you're right. I mean, your arm was probably getting cooked under there. Uh, I mean, Sing Simon's told me before, drag strips are pretty sticky all the way down. <laughs> so, yeah. But, um, yeah, man, I, I hope you heal up quick. Uh, as far as your bike goes, what um, what type of damage did that thing sustain? Um, it pretty much just fell on its right side and slid. So I need a new exhaust, a uh, new clutch cover, and some body work, and it's ready to go. Nice. And are you going to be hitting some of the rounds this year for the, you know, this season for the WIR stuff? Uh, I don't, probably not this season. Man, yeah, that's a I, bummer. That's a bummer because you're probably testing for this, right? I mean... Yeah, testing for this and testing for COTS that's coming up in June. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's just like right around the corner. Yeah. God, we're halfway through May already. And and the bike was running really good. I'm, I'm really bummed. <laughs> that's the worst part. If it would have been like all crappy, you could have been like, oh, I just was going to ride it off. But when it runs yeah. super good. So that's weird. Did it just like lock up at the at – the, did you hit like a slick spot or, or what What do you think happened? Uh, I've, I'm, I'm just speculating. I, but the day before the pits were flooded cause we had so much rain and the track at WIR is kind of down in a hole. So I don't know if the day that I was racing, if moisture was working its way up through some of the cracks or what, right. but it, it, it was just like I hit ice. As soon as I touched the brake lever, it was like the fr- front tire was on ice. Yeah. And I mean, it might've been like a, luckily it was a low slide, right? Not like a cartwheel, but, um, still at that speed, man, what a crummy thing. Um, well, listen, so we're not, we, we probably won't see you this year then. Are you going to be doing some color commentary on, uh, and some smack talking on the Facebook page for sure? Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm still going to kind of organize things. Yeah. And, good. Uh, slowly w- talk my wife into let me race again. So 
<laughs> hey man, if he didn't die, like that's my, when my wife ever sees anybody get hurt, as long as they get up again, she's like, oh, I feel like it's safe. And I'm like, oh yeah, sure. Wink, wink, you know, but, uh, yeah, as long as I'm glad you're talking to us today, you know, like that's a true testament to, to the gear and, and to your maybe ninja skill ability to roll around. Yeah. I mean, she was okay if, until she saw my helmet and then she kind of, she kind of lost it. Yeah, no, it, it, like I'm saying, I was surprised to see the angles that you hit on there. Uh, <laughs> Tripped me out a little bit. It's kind of crazy looking. Um, mm-hmm. So this year, who who do you think is going to be? I mean, we got Michelle coming back. I, I've seen her ramping up her uh, little smack top game, and I know obviously Chris has been. He's always posting some stuff that he thinks is like super ninja, but it turns out to be uh, you know a bust in the end. So uh, who do you think is going to be? Uh, uh, I keep our eye on this uh, this year. Um, actually, I think you should keep your eye on Eric Hansen. He's 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 just joining the list for the first time this year, and he's he's got a Busa. It's a stock Busa, but he's got a slick and a wheelie bar on it. Oh, and it runs it runs pretty good. So, are you guys doing bars this year then? Or yeah, we always did. It's just nobody with wheelie bars ran with us before. Oh, okay. And uh, Eric Eric decided he wanted to try it out this year. So, so I've never heard of this guy. And um, you guys getting a lot of participation now that uh, now that there's no more like getting onto the list through you know a gatekeeper. Yeah, now there's there's like two or three new guys now, and I'm sure I'm sure we'll probably get some more now that they know that there really isn't a list. You know, I, I think I think maybe the list embarrass some people because they don't want to be like, hey, I'm number ten or whatever. You know, right? Yeah, uh, and you know getting kicked off and and uh you know having to start at the bottom and all that stuff so now it's just going to be like a consistency thing i hope i really hope the weather sticks with you guys this year literally last year every single time i would mention it friday would roll around and uh the rain would have rolled in and i even heard another motorcycle show talking about it today about motocross and stuff about how it just the rain was so crazy last year in the midwest you know so uh, I just hope this year that it uh, holds off. I know there's always rain at um, at the uh, what's it called Road America, and I know that's coming up here soon. So it's like it never fails, you know. Like in the middle of the summer, it'll just pour. So <laughs> I hope you guys, um, I hope you guys get a little bit of a, a relief from the weather, and I hope that uh, everything runs smoothly. Um, I'm really looking forward to maybe doing some virtual racing tonight at Irwindale. Uh, right by my house, I can run Spamla. Now I'm not guaranteed. It's, it's only eighth mile, and I might run a 21 second. But if I can, uh, if I can work something out with you guys, can I? Can we do some coast to coast? You know, uh, long distance racing here. Yeah, we might be able to work something out. Nice. Like I said, eighth mile, I may only run 21 seconds on my 250, but uh, consistency. Hey, that's, that's all right because that that's all we're running this year is eighth mile. Yeah, that's a, that's something new with the top 10. Yeah, right. No kidding. That's rad. And are, is it's still at WIR? Yep. So it's going to be there. You guys are whoever doesn't crash out or or break out. Is, I'm assuming is going to try cots and some other stuff and see if they can up their game this year. But I'm looking forward to it. Are you guys getting any of the chumps from um, Illinois to come up and and uh, anybody from Canada to come down? Actually, there's WIR is trying a no prep race, kind of like cots. Oh, right. It, it sounds like the Chicago guys are going to be coming up for it. Yeah. Yeah. I think I did see that on the WIR um, on their uh, little website or their Instagram feed or something. So awesome. Yeah. 
Well, any last words or anybody that we should thank or uh, anybody that you should think we should get in touch with regarding this year's racing? Um, I, I'd really like to thank the safety crew at WIR. They're, they're awesome. I mean, just follow us. I'm sure this year will be really interesting with the new, new point system. Yeah. And if people are bringing wheelie bars and stuff, I'm sure there's going to be some crazy action. Look like yeah. Sing Sign might, might need one based on some of the videos I've seen of him. (laughs) (laughs) So, all right, man. Well, uh, that's Jason Goldmeyer, AKA Goldfinger. He won't be in it this year, but, um, let's help him talk his wife into it. Let's show her all, let's share some crash stories and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll send them her way. Let her know that, you know, everybody gets up to, to ride again another day and we'll get her to, um, you know, not look so harshly upon a, just a one single little crash. It's like your only one that you've had in a few years, right? Well, other than the collarbone on the dirt bike last year. <laughs> oh, no. Go Meyer. <laughs> yeah. Well, we might need to do some talking to you then. So <laughs> intervention time, buddy. <laughs> so, All right, Jason. Well, it's, it's been a blast talking to you. We're going to be watching the action this weekend unfold. Everybody's probably going to be posting up on the Facebooks and all this and that. So we're going to be checking it out there. And uh, we'll try to get in touch with you guys again in a couple weeks um, before your next round. All right, sounds awesome. All right, man. Thanks so much. We'll see you later. Thanks. Like, <laughs> I get, I don't necessarily get arm pumped that bad, but especially my left arm, my fingers go numb. Yeah. Um, and my right one, too. I remember Willow towards the end of the day last time. I hope um, that Brady's not listening to this episode. I couldn't feel my fingers squeezing the brake. Yeah. Or shifting with the clutch. That's why I jerk off with the 12 pound <laughs> wrist uh, thing on here, so it's like super strong. Let's get back to the Junk and Wig show. Yeah, let's get into uh, the next, another segment here. Now that we're only an hour and six minutes in, we're going to have to blast through the second half of the show, but oh, man. let's get to the Ask Wigs. You got you got a little oh, email this week? Oh, I do. No, you should. I got to find it to well, find the actual question. Yeah, I think we finally got an Ask Wigs. And, we did. Uh, after, it's been a little while, but we got one. Yeah. And I do want to remind everybody out there, there's also another email that you can submit to, which is slam at creative-writing.com. We've got a few submissions now, and all of our patrons, $5 and more, you're getting automatically entered in, and I'll talk about it on the next show, how we're going to select it, because the deadline is coming up here quick. We got 15 more days, dude, so yeah, bust them in. So the, uh, the question says, um, I have a 2006 Triumph Scrambler, no brown seat, he made that a point. Very proud of you. <laughs> and uh, I like the balanced look of 19-inch wheels. I was thinking about stepping up the rear to a 19. Um, I won't put flat track, flat track tires on it until I'm ready to give it a go. Um, but how do you think the ride might change? Otherwise, should I also go down a tooth on the front sprocket and make other changes? I was thinking it would be more stable and fire trail ready. Um but what the shit do I know about anything? That's how I feel too. Don't feel bad. Um, please advise or uh, shun my pointless hipster style. <laughs> so I don't think – I think your idea is actually good, except I don't think there's a lot of decent 19-inch rear tires. For your fire road stuff, you might be better with an 18 rear. I'd have to do some research on tires. Check out, honestly, as much as I hate these brands, they actually make really good enduro tires like Kenda and Shinko. Um, There's a lot of good 19-inch stuff out there. Um, 
I thought he said something about actually trying flat track. Maybe not. I have a question too. Uh-huh. Uh huh. The Triumph Scrambler. I'm assuming it has spoke wheels, which I would suggest. I just listened to a Two Enthusiasts podcast. I think the Scrambler is. Yeah, spokes. I think it spokes. And they were testing out like the KTM 1290 Super Adventure GT or whatever the fuck the newest, latest Wango Tango KTM one. And it comes with cast wheels of all things. And they said they they blew apart like 12 rims. You shouldn't take. If you're doing serious off-road shit, you don't want to take huh. cast wheels out. A lot out. of the beamers and stuff are uh, spokes. A lot of the so, beamers yeah. have spokes. Yeah, if you, I they, can see that. Yeah. They do come with the cast option, but they come with the – like it's an option that you can pick when you're buying it. And if you're going to be on the road, yeah. If you look at the Africa Twin, uh, yeah. it's got spokes. The Africa Twin Sports has spokes. Now, the NC700X – and the CB500X, those both have cast, but those don't have the ground clearance of a real endurance bike either. And then you jump over to the XR650L and the CRF250L Rally and the CRF250L, all spokes. The only ones yeah. that don't have spokes are those middleweight dum-dum bikes that nobody's and really taking off-road. And Patreon subscriber to Motorcycles and Misfits, there's had an episode on the Honda Shit. Kongstar wheel. And it talks a lot about stiffness of cast wheels and billet wheels compared to spokes and the flex you get out of spokes and why it was actually so hard in the beginning to go to mag wheels. Um, what I would say is look and see what kind of tires you can get for your stock wheel setup. If you really want to spend money, maybe go to an 18 rear, but you're talking for spokes and have it laced up. Um, I don't know where you're out of. I think you said. I think there's a lot of dirt bike size in 18. Yeah, but you don't want a dirt bike size. Like, you want an enduro size. So what is a BMW 1200GS? What is a... I want to say they're either 18 Africa or 19. Africa Twin. Yeah. Yeah, they're 17 or 18 rear and a 19 front, I think. There's a lot of 18 rear... I think there's a lot of 18 rear. There's actually a decent amount of 17 rear and 18 or 19 front. So I would, if you're wanting like fire trail ready stuff, honestly, flat track tires aren't going to be that great. I think you're going to be better off with some enduro style tires. Check out the Kendas. I think it's like a K180. Um, no, the K180 is the old Dunlop flat track tire. Anyway, there's some Kendas that are decent. Um, some Shinkos that are actually decent. Um, and check out what some of the Beamers and stuff have, because I'm sure that they have a better name brand. I think they might have Continentals on them. Um, but check out some tires in those sizes that you like the tread pattern of. And don't be scared of the Kindas and Shinkos, because from what I've done and seen with those like Enduro-style tires on Sportsters and on Harleys, um, they're actually a pretty decent tire. Um, you know, for my sport bike, I would never ride a Kinder or Shinko, but... Um, so I, that's what I would do. I would look at some better tire options before I worried about changing the the wheel. Um, and I probably would not go 1919 unless you want to go flat track racing in a hooligan class because flat track tires aren't that great. I mean, you can get Shinkos in DOT tires. You can get hard compound Shinkos that would be decent, but they're kind of wide for the front. Um, and they're not... I don't know. When I see a lot of guys running 1919 on the street, the bikes kind of do look goofy because they don't, the rear's not much wider than the front. Um, they're usually too narrow. 
after I just said the, the flat track tires are too wide, but <laughs> yeah. that's a flat track specific tire. A lot of guys running 1919 on the street aren't running a flat track specific tire. So check out other stuff in your size. I know um, an old speed merchant XG 500 that was a f- build a few years ago had a 1717 and it had some like enduro style or 17 and maybe an 18 in the front had some enduro style tires. Uh, excuse me, pretty universal. Uh, that's where I would start. I, I personally would not advise going to a, um, a 1919 especially. Yeah. Um, the, uh, the Africa twin, at least a sports edition has a 21 front 18 rear, which mm-hmm. is like your typical dirt bike setup. Yeah. That's your, uh, in the Midwest, what we call a woods bike setup. Yeah, a lot go. of motocross bikes have 19. So a CRF 450R is a 19, but a lot of the CRF 450Xs are 18s. Same with the KTM. I don't know their race version, but a lot of their woods bikes or their trail bikes, or if you're in California, the Hare and Hound or desert bikes are 18 rears. But a lot of your motocross, like your YZF, your RMZs, your CRF 450Rs, kickstart style bikes, more... You know, even though a lot of guys ride those on trails, they still come 19s. Um, so yeah, and a lot of the ones that are like dual sports, of course, they don't. They're not gonna have a 21 inch big old. Yeah, a lot of those. So I'm actually surprised that the Africa Twin has a 21 front because a lot of the people are gonna ride it mostly in town, and they're gonna run an enduro style tire. But you said it's a it's Africa Twin what? Yeah, just a standard Africa Twin. The Sports Edition, I don't know if that one has even a different tire size. Oh, okay. But the uh, the 1200GS Adventure has 1917, and they probably yeah. use Continental TKC80s or whatever. Yeah. So uh, honestly, in your 1917, you're going to have a good tire selection. Um, and I mean, that the, it's the Triumph Scrambler. And even though the Scrambler is going to be less off-roady from a lot of Enduros, you're still going to have that tire selection to, to go off of if the Beamers are 19 front, 17 rear. Yeah. So. And the Beamers, like we were saying, a lot of them have, have cast. The The F800s have spoke. Uh, the All the Adventure models have spoke because they know. And even the R1200GS comes with cast, but there's a cross-spoke option or a spoke yeah. option because like, if you're really going to take it, you want some flex. Otherwise, if you hit a rock with a cast wheel, guess what's going to... Yeah. Your tire will flex, and then your wheel will Yeah, you have less flex out of the wheel for sure. So it's harder on tires, harder on the bike, harder on suspension. And at the same time, a lot of people are going to tell you, oh, spokes are higher maintenance. Yeah. They are. But, you know, if you're off-roading a lot, or even just fire roads and shit, you know... Actually, even on the street, spokes are... It's hard on spokes on the street on the modern bikes because they make so much power. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, uh... That's Brutali. Remember the uh, the, the yeah. Aprilia Brutali M800R Dragster Brutali, whatever the fuck they were calling that thing, had spokes, spokes and like, they were coming loose because the of the yeah. eight thousand horsepower. I've seen some Ducatis down. with them too, the Sport Classics and stuff. And those were oh yeah, those are over hundred horsepower, thousand V twins. The very spokes. first time I ever got on Spamala and I revved it up and dropped the clutch. Let me tell you, the tire <laughs> stayed still, but the rear wheel just went round and round. I broke all the spokes off. <laughs> You don't want to put too much power to the ground. Yeah. All right. I woke up out of that dream. Um, yeah. So also I want to make a suggestion for nobody really thinks about V rubber, but V rubber makes a pretty awesome dirt tire. If you're not going to be riding out too much on the street. I mean, I, I don't know if they make street tires, but they make some really like sticky dirt tires that really hmm. do wear well for 
like dual sporting. Yeah. And just not a lot of people know them because they make like a lot of trials tires and like a lot of motocross tires and shit like that and a lot of GNCC tires. Yeah. But uh, I think they also make some good street rubber and and supposedly they're really a good just not a super note. They're not like Maxis or Dunlop or, you know, Bridgestone or any of that yeah. shit or Avon, you and, know, yeah, they're just I, not I a huge think, name. I, I do. I think when you get into that realm of tires, brands change from what is the norm. And I say that coming from, again, my background being mostly sport bike stuff. Like originally when I got into studying tires and what I liked, you know, you learn certain brands and you stay away from certain brands. And then, like, when I start flat tracking, I'm like, Maxis, those are kind of shitty, but whatever. Shinkos, those are definitely shitty. <laughs> Guess what's on my flat track bike right yeah, now? Yeah. Actually, I Maxis front because I poked a hole in my Shinko when yeah. I flattened my rim. But I used to laugh at Kendas until I, I, I started running them on my mountain bike. And I was like, wow, these are great. So I got for them for cycling. My, they're yeah. good. And Continentals are good for cycling. Continentals are good enduro tires. I would never never run continentals on a sport bike yeah like to go to the track or anything and they make some good ones and they i know they make the tire for like all the vintage bikes but and to be honest up in the twisties uh i'm not a thousand percent confident on spamless tires that they won't let me down someday but i'm pretty pretty confident on those you know after (laughs) going to the classic track day and seeing tires like that like totally shredded on old bikes i'm like oh they're way better than i would have yeah 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 you don't i think expect it modern rubber too like if kenda's 10 years behind bridgestone um that's way. That's yeah. pretty fucking good. Yeah. So there's definitely that. Um, yeah. I, I don't even know what comes stock on the Triumph Scrambler, but uh, you know, who knows? Maybe it's a pretty awesome tire to be. It might be. That's that's what I would say. I mean, don't. I wouldn't dump a bunch of money into unknowns, and I, I definitely personally would not go 1919 unless. Dude, you I would focus on the brown seat. Track. Is. <laughs> what i would do yeah. Did he said it had one no it doesn't okay he was very get, proud he was very proud that it he listened not. to episode whatever that was four or five that i yeah. uh, went crazy but uh yeah i uh, would focus on that brown seat keeping it black man keeping yeah. it black um you, did you get another ask wigs you only got one huh i got one from you that was ridiculous <laughs> i don't even remember what it was you don't want to read that one it was the hard seat <laughs> Yeah, I was oh, gonna, that's right. That's right. Um, I was gonna send you another for one. Celtic and Celtic. Yeah, I was gonna send you. It's another a pretty one. easy explanation. Um, in the United States, we have the Boston Celtics, so everything is Celtic. <laughs> okay, I, that's all I could come up with. I don't know. <laughs> well, I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, that's uh, that's asking. It's not the Boston Celtics. Well, I know, but you know, it could be. It's it's the same thing with Caribbean and Caribbean. I don't know. I called my wife. She said, I love the Celtics. And I said, you son. And then that was the end of our <laughs> argument. Um, yeah, Ask Wigs. That was an excellent Ask Wigs. Uh, a real Ask Wigs. It was a real one. We need some good stuff. However, remember, you can ask Wigs about refrigerator longevity. You can uh, even ask me about hard C's. You could ask him about the hard C. He won't read it, obviously, but you could ask him about it. I also saw who that one was from. I was like, yeah. <laughs> Dude, whatever. I was trying to like give you th- I didn't know you got a real one, so I was trying to throw you a bone. I was like, oh. Oh, man. yeah, that's why you said like last week, huh? And I was yeah. like, no, I just got this one yeah, this yeah. week. When you said that, I was like, really? And then, oh, yeah, okay, cool. Yeah. When you started reading it i was like wait a second i wonder too so i think i got it like towards the end of last week so probably before the last show came out and i'm like i'll answer i typed it so we could read it on last no, show and i totally forgot I was it. talking about the oh one. okay yeah, yeah um 
And I was like, yeah, I'll answer it next week on the show. <laughs> I hope you guys know we record on Tuesday and it comes out on Friday, yeah, by the way. So like, if I get something on Wednesday or Thursday <laughs> and I say next week, that actually means next next week. A week and a half from when you <laughs> sent it in. That's also if I remember. Yeah, I, that's the other thing. Which I, I'm bad about. I wrote it down. I was like, oh, we're going to talk about the hard season. <laughs> we're not. Uh, we had a legitimate good question. Yeah. So we got about 40. We're about an hour and uh, almost an hour and a half. We're an hour and 20 minutes and 12 seconds in. If we leave, Do if, we have to do two hours all the time? We don't. And so I don't we, think we like, should this we, week. We fucked up and got too long a few times. Man. I, it's, and then and it's now rough. you're like, let's always go two hours. And I'm like, let's go to bed. Yeah. Let's only. <laughs> my thing is like, we can't go further than two hours <laughs> Including current events, because my audio mm. won't let me bounce it through. The, mm, the editing right. takes so yeah. long. I was um, listening to the Misfits today, and they were like surprised they even made two hours. And I'm yeah. like, why are we forcing two hours? Oh, we don't need to force it. I actually want to cut it back. And actually, I mean, if our listeners are down with two hours, but some of them have long drives, and some of them take long craps. And yeah, so, there's both of those. Yeah, but uh, I know Corey listens to it on his bicycle trainer, so maybe it makes him train harder. Yeah, he's like, God, if I just if I pedal faster, will it end faster? <laughs> I'm sorry, but no, it won't. Um, so yeah, we're we're almost an hour and a half in. I'd like to remind you one more time: uh, listen to the motorcycles and misfits and all the other shows. If that all you goes love. well, I'll be on it next week. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, no, um, I'm trying to hit it after the mile. Good. The, we got to be. They They're gotta going stop to the at mile. Like four. They are. Yeah. I'm trying to go to the garage after my nice. Sunday amateur mile. Nice. The amateurs. Well, Mille. they'll be there all night. So if you uh, hit it up, if you time it right, yeah, you'll be there for the uh, recording of the show. So yeah, if you go to our page, uh, creative writingcom we actually have a links to other podcasts that we love and that we're friends with. So go check them out. And also don't forget Solstice Slam. Wiggs is going to help me judge this year. I Uh-oh. said I'd talk about it a little bit maybe next week, but I think I might bring it up right now. For the Solstice Slam, I've been practicing throwing knives. I haven't thrown knives for years. And so to pick some of the winners that have drawn that are getting automatically entered through Patreon, we have uh, four, three or four people that are getting automatically entered. And so to pick how you're going to get it, I'm going to put the uh, <laughs> a random item up there. We're going to list just all the items we have. And we're going to throw some knives. We're going to assign you a color and whatever it lands by. You're going to randomly win. You get randomly entered into a drawing to win without even submitting. We might even throw some that I made, but I didn't. Let's I did not that. make throwing knives. But and we if can it's, throw this one. If it's sure. really bad, Wiggins will throw me, and uh, we'll see where <laughs> whatever I hit. <laughs> see where so, you land. Yeah. So that's how I think we should uh, – that would be a fun way to assign or to figure out who's going to win what is whoever – whatever your num- number or letter we pick for your knife or color – Whatever it lands next to is what you're going to win. Um, that's that's as random as drawing an item out of a hat sure. and a name. Yeah. So I think that's what we're going to do. If if I can get my throwing skills down, and maybe we. Can I thought you were going to say if you could get any entries. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we have a few entries. So get your asses in gear. We have about a month. Well, we have about th- fifteen days left. This month is flying by. It's today's yeah. already the fifteenth. So by me. the time this this weekend hits we're going to have about a week and a half to go until solstice slam so if you haven't submitted yet if you've submitted in the past and didn't win or if you submitted in the past and thought what a chump he didn't pick me got a co-host this year and uh send it in and we'll get to it and i would resubmit some of you guys from last year but that's cheating and the consequence for not sending in a story you're going to hear two knuckleheads 
play harmonica for the duration <laughs> of the show uh, for whatever doesn't get filled up by stories. I'm going to run out of breath after five minutes. Dude, so. I know. We'll, we'll do it in rounds. How's okay. that? Sounds and good. I got a sweet effects processor too, so we could do like <laughs> distortion harmonica. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, getting into the segment oh. for the show, we, we're going to blow through it. What is it? It's 11 o'clock already. We, we need to wrap it up before it gets to be one o'clock in the morning here. Um, it's 10 o'clock, but it's, yeah. I'm an old man. It's way past I my know. bedtime. It's 10 o'clock. It's uh, dark 30. This here. is how hard we work for you guys. Just if you're <laughs> yeah. ever wondering, like you just think we totally fuck off. I did think you we, forgot too. You you almost forgot last week and I was like, I bet Wiggins forgot. No, to come I didn't over this, this week. week. <laughs> and then when the sprinter van rolled up, I was like, now some strangers pulling <laughs> in the driveway. Selling candy. <laughs> Uh, so we talked a little bit last week about well, and the Walmart rant episode, which you should really check out a couple <laughs> a couple episodes ago. Uh, how everything is kind of going to shit, and I was thinking of the what ifs. So what could bike companies do to get away from all the bad habits and the bad trends. And I listened even- Probably selling Walmart. Yeah, there you go. There you go. <laughs> Join Flipkart and Walmart as two of the uh, the world's superpower, you know, generic yeah. sales things. Just throw motorcycles in there and sell them on there. But my, here's my deal. What if bike, what if bike companies only sold bikes like every other year? And I was thinking about it. The Grom. How hot does the Grom sell? Well- I don't, what do you mean, like sell them every other year? Like, well, because the Grom was fourteen, fifteen. It skipped sixteen for a redesign, seventeen, eighteen, and it skipped a whole year, and it's selling just as hard. The SV six fifty, the Goldwing skipped two thousand eleven. It sold just as hard. The SV six fifty skipped uh, five yeah, but, years. But for those, the SV I think is a good example because it was gone for five years. Like, if you wanted to go buy one and you couldn't. But I, I am down with not changing them. Like, I'm totally down with, oh, we changed the colors. Why even do that? Like, why not have two years or three years or five years or ten years, same fucking colors? Yeah. You know, I think ten years might be long on some of the bikes because you're like, uh, okay, that paint is now out of date. That burgundy you didn't do very well. Remember the burgundy oh, CBR 1000 in 2008? Listen, but do you remember? has got one of those. Do you remember the burgundy VFR 1200X from last year? Well, from 2017. So yeah. Did they bring the X over to the States? That one had spoke wheels too, didn't it? Yeah. that They did for that. 16 and 17, oh. and then they dropped it for this year. Because they did the VFR 1200, and it sucked. Yeah. Oh, they did the VFR. And then overseas, they did the, the X, the like Enduro one. Or the adventure bike. Yeah, that's when they brought here in six. And then they did bring it here when the Africa Twin was released. That was also sadly yeah, released the over Africa in the twin corner. Would kill it. Yeah, the Africa Twin was like everyone wanted to see. Quietly, the VFR twelve hundred X was just kicking over there quietly, un already unwrapped. Even everyone- before they had the X, it sucked. Yeah. Like, dude, they took well, such a cool bike and then made it such a like. They, they tried to take the. ST1300 and the VFR800 and make a love child. That's what I was going to say. They had the street. And like, it was not it, great. It basically looked like a 1300 with uh, DCT, basically. You which know? is cool. Just don't call it a VFR. Just put a V4 and an ST. Yeah. Which it, uh, I say that the ST had a V4, but it was transverse. And they we'll put call it, it V4ST. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah. let's just say 
Honda is really good, actually, at if a bike doesn't work, they knock it out. The Shadow Arrow, I think, took a two-year break and is coming back. There's a lot of bikes. If you look on Honda's website right now, you will see Interceptor on there. I looked at some of their VIN filings and EPA filings. They fucking have registered the VFR 800 uh, motor and VIN for EPA and for, like, hey, we're, we, this is a possibility we're going to make this bike. They haven't had it since 2015. That's almost goddamn five years since they've had a VFR, like uh, you know, like the Interceptor or Sport Bike. If they brought that thing back, imagine, you know, imagine that. The RS750, the Honda's famous flat track bikes, they haven't had them since 2011, which also is the best year because it was like the red, white, and blue awesome paint job. They kind of look like Harley Sportster. Wait, when did they? They had an RS750 in 2011? Mm-hmm. They haven't had one since 2011. If they brought that sucker back. As like a they, street bike? Yeah, they just brought back the Shadow Arrow and shit. Like, I didn't think they ever did that as a oh street bike God. at all. Yeah, you keep talking about bikes that they yeah, <laughs> but the what is and i'll find it i mean they had the rs 750 actual flat tracker but i thought it was actually a pretty well a race motor thing and like a one-off i know they had an ascot that was a twin like a 750 it's really hard to find honda motorcycles when you're when you're on bmw's website by the way don't try it at home <laughs> i don't know you can find a lot of cool bmws though <laughs> uh I, I'm surprised you're going to find a 2011 on Honda's website. Dude, they haven't updated this shit for a, quite a while. Hey, if all goes well, too, I'm going to get a ride at 2018 Goldwing real soon. Yeah. That's another thing that they could probably only make every other year and never change. They'd never change the technology anyway. You know what I'm saying? Well, I don't know if I agree with only making every other year. That doesn't make sense. Because if it's 2018 and I'm like, fuck, dude, I want to go buy a Goldwing. Oh, shit, they made them last year. I got to wait a while. I mean, I guess dealers will still have them on the floors, but I don't know. I get not changing them. I don't get not selling them for a year if you're not going to change them. Like, when they didn't sell the Goldwing in 2011, it's because they did a small redesign for 2012. You know, when they did a the SV650 and they dropped it for five years, they didn't actually drop that bike for five years. They had the Gladius, and it was kind of gross, and they then they figured out why did we change the name of a bike that people like like they could have called the gladius the sv650 and people might not have liked it but they wouldn't have hated it as much because it wouldn't have had that stupid fucking name it could have still been an sv650 it did look a little different it looked it could have yeah but there's nothing to say that suzuki can't do a redesign on an sv650 and make it look stupid like but why make it look stupid and change it to a stupid name? Well, no wonder no one fucking liked it. Like, you could have kept calling it an SV650 even though it looks stupid. And yeah. then, so they fixed how stupid it looked and now they're calling it SV650 again. But I don't know. To me, they didn't get rid of the SV650 for five years. They just changed the name and make it made it look stupid for a few years. Yeah. And then they were like, yeah, that was dumb. But, and also, I'm not going to find it. I forgot that Honda in this year, 2018, with everything that's happened with the gold well, What wing, about on the Google line instead of the yeah, Honda I website could, line? I could probably find that shit. I just I'm really dumb. I'm baffled that I didn't know about this Honda that was made in 2011. Like, look at this. The Shadow Arrow they have on here. And 2016, it skipped 2017 and goes to 2018. Tell me the difference. Yeah, you know, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I would never put that motorcycle on any website that I had. <laughs> I wouldn't want people to know that I made it. 
I know, but it skipped a whole, that's what I'm saying. It skipped a no. whole year. It looks exactly Those the same. Those are just the Japanese cruisers. They're all ugly and they all suck. You don't like but the Fury? In, in reality, no, especially not that one. In reality, they're probably really nice motorcycles if you're not going to change anything on them. Like, they're pretty sweet. Um, if you want a mo- if you want a cruiser and that's all you care about, it's like riding your motorcycle and not giving a shit about anything. Japanese cruisers are probably really nice, but I am superficial and I want to look fucking cool, so I ride Harley's. All right, on the phone with us again for the second time in one day. Uh, what a hell of a Friday this has been. We have another person from Wisconsin on. This time, it's the leader of the Iron Angels. And I know that sounds like a crazy biker club, like a female biker club, but it's not. It's actually one of the teams from the build. And you may recognize her from the best named episode we've ever had on creative writing, the Miltakoe Rivets. On the phone with us, we have Narissa. Hi, Narissa. How you doing? Hey, I'm doing good. How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. It sounds like, are you in a hot rod today? Uh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> My infinity is a hot rod. Yeah, for I know. sure. <laughs> she gave it, she gave it the gas when I first called, and I thought she was in like a Model T, uh, you know, low boy or something. <laughs> um, so hey, first off, before we get into the nitty grit of the Iron Angels and the build and the, something amazing that you've got going on this weekend, how the heck is the weather up there? You know, it's finally starting to warm up. Uh, I think we hit 80 degrees today, which is like a, a high for this time of year. Yeah, <laughs> so. that's warmer than it is here right now. It's only in the high Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. Wow. Sun's out, gun's out, man. I think all the salt is gone, hopefully. I haven't seen any, but it's finally warming up. Nice. Yeah, the, the other guy I talked to was one of the WIR guys, and I don't even think it's 80 where he is. So I think he's up in Freedom, which might be just a little bit more... Uh, North of you guys. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So, I'm glad I'm glad the salt's off the road. I One of these days, I'm going to make it up there, and I'm going to pour some straight French fries on the ground and uh, see if it really does season them, um, if it's that type of salt. But I couldn't imagine <laughs> having to wait through months and months of snow, because just last, last like, a, two weeks ago, it was snowing, right, or something like that. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, I don't, it's not. It's not that bad. But no, oh, my my. Uh, what I imagine it being like is just like you're fighting off polar bears, and you know you guys are barely making it because you can't get out yeah. to the stores. Thankfully, we don't have too many polar bears in Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. If you start getting up to the North Woods in Wisconsin, maybe yeah, you know, but. wolverines, badgers, polar bears, all that great stuff. Yeah. So. You don't obviously have to fight off polar bears, but you do have to fight off some big hairy dudes on motorcycles this coming weekend. You guys got something really cool that the Iron Angels <laughs> are doing, right? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, like you said, I'm a mentor on the Iron Angels Build Moto team. And what we are is a team of all girls that are from different high schools in the Milwaukee area. And we have spent the last six months taking a vintage Honda and completely tearing it down, rebuilding it into a flat tracker. So throughout this whole process, we've been teaching the girls basic fabrication skills, design skills, just how to wrench on a motorcycle, how motorcycles work, all the basics. So it's been a really awesome experience. The bike is done. It's waiting for its big public unveil on Saturday because this Saturday on May 19th, we actually have the race. And we have our race at the Beaver Cycle Club Raceway. That's actually in Burnett, Wisconsin. 
So anyone that's around Wisconsin or in the Midwest this weekend, I highly recommend you check it out. It's actually their short track season opener. So it's not just us racing. There's a lot of other events going on. And it's going to be really awesome to see all these high school kids' bikes out there on a track competing against each other because we've been putting a lot of hours into this bike. And it's going to be really great to see. Yeah, I, I loved following it along and seeing it step by step. And especially after talking to you the first time, um, and hearing about what you do and then immediately following you and watching this thing unfold, um, it really wasn't like a done thing. And then you just like slap some stickers on it. And now you're going to go like, I've watched you guys build it, <laughs> paint it. The paint job I have to say has come together quite nicely. Uh, I would implore everyone listening right now to go over to you guys, Instagram and check out the iron angels and look at the, uh, the radical paint scheme that you guys put on it. And it just looks so awesome. Um, I'm excited. Who's going to be riding it? So our rider is actually one of the other mentors. Her name is Leah Orlock, and she's another Harley-Davidson engineer. And she's actually a pretty accomplished racer in the Milwaukee racing scene. She does road racing, flat track, all of it. So um, she's going to kill it out there. I just know it. <laughs> Radical. Maybe we can have her and Wiggins go head-to-head one of these days and uh, do some road racing slash flat track. And I think they call, when you put those two together, I think they call it supermoto. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's awesome. And I want to talk to you guys afterwards and see how everything went. And I want to talk to you guys again, um, as the year goes on and as you do more stuff and, and I love what you're doing with these, with these kids and and the fact that it's girls and you're getting them into being, you know, smarty pantses. I love it because there's just, there's, that's, what's missing for, for girls is like another awesome girl showing them the way, you know, this is what I do for a living. And this is like how you can do this. So I'm super stoked on how everything turned out so far. So I'm excited. I'm going to, I'm going to, obviously I can't be there. Um, nor would I want to be if it's not going to be above 70, but, uh, sounds like you're, uh, you're in my heat range right now. If I were to make it up there, I'd be just, <laughs> just fine hanging out and watching the outdoors race in Wisconsin. Never thought I'd be oh, saying, yeah. that, saying that. So, but yeah. Um, and are you, you have, we're going to check up with you again this year. Um, partially to talk about your own bike that I know you just got and uh, check out how riding season is going and make sure, make sure everything, make sure mother nature is just being nice to you guys up there in Wisconsin. Yeah. Thanks. I mean, it's looking good so far. So keeping my fingers crossed, we've got a couple fun rides and camping weekends and everything planned for the summer for the, the short couple months that we get to ride up here. So yeah, we should have a couple good adventures to talk about in the next nice. couple months. Rad. Perfect. Well, I'm going to, I'm super stoked about the build and I'm super, you know, proud to know somebody that's, that's working on something like that. Um, so I'm going to keep in touch with you and I'm going to follow you this weekend. I'm going to be following the WIR guys stuff that's happening tonight. And, uh, yeah, so I'm just, I'm stoked this whole weekend is turning into like a, for me, a long distance view, uh, you know, telecast of Wisconsin, what's happening (laughs) in Wisconsin, you know, it's busy enough here. Now I got to watch out for you guys. Yeah. No, totally. I mean, appreciate your support. And and, I mean, anybody in Wisconsin go to these events. It's, it's so great that we have them so close. Yeah, for sure. All right. Well, Hey, we're up against the clock. I know you're driving home. I don't want you getting a ticket for especially talking to me like that that would be if they found out who you were talking to they probably double your ticket so <laughs> they'd be uh, like oh that guy yeah oh <laughs> dude yeah oh boy <laughs> so <laughs> was that a good wisconsin oh, accent? <laughs> <laughs> right. i'm working on my wisconsin accent when i come up there i don't i don't want to uh stand out so um <laughs> thanks narissa for coming on everybody check her out check out the milwaukee rivets and check out the iron angels for sure on um 
and the build for that fact on um, Instagram and the webs and all that great stuff. Thanks for hanging out with us and have a safe drive home. Thank you. All right. Enjoy your cheese, squeaky curds and beer or whatever you guys eat up there for dinner. Every night. <laughs> all right. Talk to, <laughs> talk to you later. Bye. Bye. What about that one? That one's rad. <laughs> I would ride that one. Uh, but you know what? If they brought back the RS750, I like the CB1100s, actually, the old retro-style ones that they kind of have done away with, at least in the States. I think Canada has one this year. Yeah. Um, if you've ever seen the Church of Choppers one, uh, Jeff Wright built a fucking sick CB1100. And all he did was, like, he put a cool, like, endurance racer gas cap filler in the top of the tank and got rid of, like, some of the stuff. He still kept a lot of it, um, a lot of, like, the OEM parts. And it was pretty rad. Um What's another what the, the if? Stock ones kind of suck. Oh, you know what you were saying about how how does a uh, an iPhone or no no whatever you were saying an iPhone was it that cost like a thousand dollars back in like let's say two thousand and then it costs a thousand dollars now but now you get like a twenty five megapixel camera and you get like internet connection where back in two thousand the internet was not even around hardly. Um, Two enthusiasts were talking about that exact same thing and their comparison of the $1,000 iPhone 10 versus the iPhone 6, and they compared it to sport bikes, and which is kind of what we did last You know, it's episode. like, uh, I don't think I've ever paid more than $20 for a thumb drive, like a USB drive. Yeah. But the first one I bought was like 12 megs or 12 something, not very much. And then it was like... No, it was like one one twenty four or one fifty six, and then it was like double that, and then it was a gig, and yeah. then it was two gigs, and now they're fucking sixty four gigs for your twenty bucks, and it's still twenty bucks. Like, yeah, that's just technology. When it's new, it's expensive, and yeah. then it gets easier to make and cheaper to make. And motorcycle stuff is, I don't want to say no different. I think it's extreme with electronics. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. Like, Jensen Jensen Beeler, to a, to use a Chris Wiggins term, to a point, was saying that he just uh, the iPhone 10 that just came out. What are you getting for a thousand dollars that you already don't own on your iPhone 6? He's like, dude, I replace. He's he because the batteries are going to shit on these. Mine, they did yeah. that through software, by the way. They throttled it through software. Supposedly they got in trouble for that and they quit doing that. They did because mine miraculously. Oh was well, fixed. my battery like kind of got fixed and then it kind of started going to shit again. My storage was down. Miraculously, it doesn't do that shit anymore. Yeah. Whatever they're they're doing. No, they, they, and they got in trouble for that. And I agree. And I was watching some stuff. You know, we talked about that actually in the show before, like when there were floods in Texas. Texas with the Tesla. Tesla's all like, of a sudden oh, you can drive sudden 300 you miles. you have more range. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and uh, what I was watching was um, someone, uh, I don't, something happened to their Tesla and they took it in and they just like, or they, they disabled the the rapid charge thing and they were like on this trip in their car and they didn't know about it and Tesla like Wi-Fi shut off this fucking charging and they're basically stuck in the middle of nowhere and they can't do the quick charge and you know and and it's like the question becomes and I totally agree with the person owning the vehicle or in this case the phone who owns it yeah like and honestly you to me you should you should you technically don't own anything unless you can break into if you can't break into something you don't 
right. own it. Yeah. And that, so it's kind of shitty. And that's kind of where Apple got in trouble. And I kind of think Tesla's going to get themselves in yeah. trouble too. As much as I'm, I'm actually a fan of Tesla and what they're doing, like that is shitty. Like, yeah. If I buy a car and you go, okay, you have the 200 mile range package because that's what you could afford. And I'm like, okay, that's what I can afford. Let's shake hands. Let's sign the paperwork. On my way, I go. And then, oh, there's a disaster. We're going to be nice. You can get 400 mile range. Motherfucker, I had it the whole time. So what do you mean I couldn't afford it? Like you sold it to me. You sold me something capable of doing that. Yeah. And I, I bought it and I own it. You just turned it off because I couldn't pay for yeah. it. Like, what the fuck? It's not a subscription. It's a fucking car. Yeah. Like, unless you want, like, I get if you lease a Tesla and you miss a payment, they're like, okay, we can shut your car off. All yeah. right, fuck that. Yeah, I get it. Like, you missed a fucking payment and that's easier than a repo man. But it's not like if the if your car is capable of that, then why should they have that control at the flip of a switch? Yeah. And last week we talked about... uh Comparing bikes, like why would you buy the latest generation sport bike when you're only getting? And we, I said like a 2006 R6. I don't know the exact year, and, and I was just saying like this is an example. And Snap a Tap Rostin, also known as Electric Eric, wrote us in and said, "Hey, I was listening. He's the one that sent me the video, and he's like, I was listening to your episode. It wasn't an R6. It was a ZX6R. Uh, so it was a different manufacturer entirely." Um, and it's the one with the 636 in it. But those things have gone up and down to weird uh, whatever displacements over the years too. And and those have changed for, for better and for worse. And the only thing they've got is the latest shit, you know what I'm saying? And his thing, which is basically what the iPhone 10 and iPhone 6 argument is, is why am I going to be paying the latest and greatest for this basically uh, five horsepower more in phone <laughs> you know, and, and bike? And, uh, this is something else that, uh, you know, if, if your phone's outdated or whatever, I get it. And what they're running into is it's not outdated, but they want you to buy a new one. I know that's the problem motorcycles face. If your old one, if your 2006 is virtually the same as a 2016 or your 2008 is the same as an 18, what's going to make you, what if, like, what if, how do you get people to buy Part of that is... You make them only last a, four years. As a company, you need to step your shit up. Then, <laughs> like you either you you need to come out with something new, like yeah. whether it's a new styling or new whatever. But on the other side, that's expensive, so you don't want to do that. And, and I, I don't know, like that to me is that's capitalism. Like being able to slow my phone down so I go and buy a new one is not fucking capitalism. Uh, I. Now that I've had apples, I like them, even though I don't think they're as good as an Android. I'm still going to buy another Apple. But capitalism is Android's better than Apple, so I'm going to go buy an Android because it's better. Or Apple's marketing is better, so I'm going to stick to an Apple. Yeah. But I think it's they're not making- throttling down my bandwidth usage or, or killing my battery or yeah. using up my fucking space somehow. And I don't think that motorcycles are getting... They're to me like a phone. You can still take a picture. You can still send a text, whether it's a five or a ten. Yeah. And the thing is, is I don't feel like I'm getting. You know, the only they're they're actually taking shit away. They're taking away the speakers on the new iPhones, or I mean, not the speaker, the headphone ports. Mm-hmm. And they're making shit like you're gonna have to buy. Here's capitalism for you. They're gonna make it this only work this way, so that you have to go out and rebuy all the shit. And the only thing I don't on. like about the no headphone jack is, um, well, one, yeah, like all your little house speakers and stuff. Like, okay, if you have a Bluetooth one, and I have one Bluetooth one, but I also have some with plugs. So my one in the garage is a plug. 
So I'm like, I don't want to buy. I wouldn't be able to listen to in my car anymore. Well, what what it might do is that my car. I have a little Bluetooth thing that plugs in that goes to the radio that actually works surprisingly well. Like my car was like the last generation that had like plug in shit for iPhones and iPods. Yeah. And then right after that, they started going to car Apple CarPlay, and now everything's Bluetooth. And like my wife's car is a 2015, and it's like already had Bluetooth and all that shit and everything's had Bluetooth for a long time. So that's the new thing. Like the next car I buy is going to probably have Bluetooth and and I'm not going to have to worry about the technology problems of my old car. One of the biggest things I hate about no headphone jack, now I have two little tiny earbuds to fucking lose instead of they're connected by a wire. Yeah. (laughs) And then they, that means they've got little tiny fucking batteries that you have to charge. So you got to have a charger somewhere to set these things in to fucking charge them if you don't lose them anyway. I'm like, I really like having them connected on a wire to plug into my phone so I don't have any of those problems. Yeah. Well, and translating that over to motorbikes, like maybe you get used to having a certain, like your IMU do great stuff for you and then you're like, maybe my old shitty bike. Like I do want to get rid of my old bike. Like maybe you get used to it. Maybe that's what it is. You know, and I think, you know, that's where bikes like Goldwing really come in if you look at the last body style, it went from basically 2000 or 2001, 2001 to, to 2017. 2010. Well, 2010. I said basically. Yeah. Basically, <laughs> they changed the headlight and the taillight, yeah. but the frame, the motor, the wheels, this was on last week, by the way. Yeah. I just heard it. That None of that changed. So you basically had it from 2001 to 2017. But what did they do? They came out with airbags in the middle of it. They came out with a better GPS navigation system in the middle of it. Um, that break from 2011 to is what they redid. I, they all actually that had airbags and all that before that, so they really Not didn't yet. even change that in that break. All they really did in that break, to my knowledge, is change some styling and move all the tooling over to Japan. Yeah, but they had pretty good navigation before that, and they had airbags before that. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I can't remember when the airbag came on. I thought it was 20. 20- 11, but I could be wrong about that. Uh, as we proved also in last episode, my memory, I can't remember what the <laughs> show before last week was. But I, I think those are the bikes where that technology increasing, because they have so much tech on them, it mm-hmm. makes a big deal. But, you know, we're also, we're in an age right now where it's funny because this is like what we're talking about, but we're also in an age where. And we've talked about this with motorcycles, but it's happening with cars. People aren't going and buying the newest, latest, and greatest. They don't care about a lot of those. A lot of people don't give a shit about navigation because they have it on their phone. You know, they don't, they want the airbags or whatever, but there's a lot of things that people are like, yeah, I don't care about that. You know, we're also running into a generation that surprisingly enough, I think more and more are buying sticks. Of course, a lot of them are buying Subarus. Um, but they're buying used motorcycles, they're buying used cars, they're buying old school buses and turning them into fucking campers. Like that was something on too well. And- they're kind of like I think people are so surrounded by so much technology that they want to get away from it sometimes. I do. I actually wanted to do a a ride this summer with some listeners that may be in the area, a no tech ride where we ride up. You can't photograph me <laughs> or use your Instagram. We ride up and have lunch. And the thing is, the only time you get to use your, your phone for anything is if you eat shit. <laughs> and otherwise, it's like to have a relaxing, non-technologically 
impaired, impaired. No, how many Instagram dudes are starting live videos riding my phone? I know, and see, that's why I wanted to do. And I do the live videos. I find myself too, and I find people doing live videos of every goddamn thing, and I'm like, I think it would be awesome to like not be allowed to touch your phone until you get to the place and you need to use it to pay if you have that on your phone. But otherwise, like it's a it's a technology-free ride. You're not even allowed yeah. to use GPS. You know, I was listening to something the other day or reading something the other day, and they said, have you noticed that more and more and more money doesn't exist? Oh, yeah. Like it's a it's an electronic transaction from here to here to here to here, but there's actually no form of money changing hands. So – and it, they're like, what happens is it makes it actually harder kind of in the long run to control the economy and spending and stuff like that because it's so digital that it, it's like, you know, as as long as it's going smoothly, it's fine. But that's why it's direct deposit at your work. I don't even get a pay stub anymore. Like I have a, an electronic pay stub, an electronic deposit. Like I rarely see any money that I make and it just like it goes to me electronic and then to pay bills electronic <laughs> like so it was just kind of an interesting like that's the day and age that we live in type thing I, yeah when I look at my pay stub I have to go online to do it <laughs> yeah and people freak out like um when I bought my Ducati I got two grand cash out because he was asking two grand but I knew I wasn't going to pay him that and um someone's like well why don't you just write a check and I'm like because if I or get a certified check. And I'm like, because if I get a certified check for two grand, then I have to pay him two grand. I'm like, <laughs> but true. if not, we can vary by a hundred bucks at a time. And I ended up paying like sixteen or seventeen hundred for it. So And that's an important thing to remember is that that is money, dude, when you're buying used bikes and shit, money talks. That's what makes cash talks. That was that's what makes crime possible is because you need to have something that's not traceable and that's that can be bar- bartered with. Doing drugs possible. That's right. And motorcycling is I a mean, is a form of drug. It actually yeah, it uh, is. It's a lot of drug. To to round out the idea of this what if thing, um, and all the technology being better and maybe not better and this and that. Uh, Josh Heron, did you hear about him a couple? Mm-hmm. I think it was at VIR a couple weekends ago. Um, I heard it first on Pit Pass, and then I reheard it again on this Brodo GP, which is a couple weeks old, I think already. But his rig got—he's like attack performance Yamaha racing the R, Maybe the R one, right? mm-hmm. and uh, so he his rig got stuck in Louisiana, broke down or something. I forget exactly what happened. And he's in Virginia waiting for the shit to come up from Louisiana. Didn't make it. He had his street bike there. The shit he rode to the track or something like that on his R one S the street version of the R cause you have the R one M the R one S and then the R one like Wango Tango. Well, the R one M is like the expensive street version. Yeah. Like the Ducati when they do the R's. Yeah. There's like the H two H two R, you know what I'm saying? And the R one R one S is the street. And then the R one M is like the track day only bike. But it's actually totally street legal. I've seen them. They are. If you, you just, you have to have 30 grand instead of 15. Yeah. Or whatever. Yeah, it's got all so, the stuff that a track day bike would have. Uh, Marchesini wheels and Olin suspension, but it's still a total street bike. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's totally street yeah. legal. And um, but so he has his R1S, which is like even a step down from the R1M, and just a step up from the regular R1. 
and it's got the license plate. It's got the passenger like pillion, like the seat pad, you know, like the vinyl seat pad on it. it, it, it license and he's plate. like, fuck it, I need to race. He went around the pit. He borrowed water wetter from people and like flushed the radio and threw water wetter in. He borrowed. Um, I wonder how they safety wired everything. Well, you know what? I don't know. The, the, but he the, he did the night before or the day before when they're like, dude, we can't make it. He ran around the day before the race and got everything tech approved and borrowed some body work because you can't have a headlight and obviously turn signals and shit. And, but it had the brake light on there still. And he they he cut the. Um, the license plate was just zip tied on anyway because I think he might track day it and shit. Yeah. So the license plate was just zip tied on. He cut that shit off, borrowed front body work to get rid of the headlight and make it a little more arrow. And um, through some whatever decals he had, wore he. Do you remember when he briefly went over to MotoGP? And, yeah. uh, or his Moto 2, maybe. He and did he, some, I think he actually, Heron, I think it was Heron, he did some GP days where he'd like fill in for. Riders. Well, he was hired for Cataram a couple of years mm. ago, and he had, uh, and he was fired from them actually that middle of that year. I don't think he made it a whole year on the Moto Two. I think is what he was racing. And um, I remember I went to the IMS, and they were it was a huge announcement. And then like it was like 2012 or something. And like yeah. later that the next year, they're like, well, he got canned. He, the only leathers that he had with him were the Alpine stars that said Cataram on them, and so he fucking. Took that street bike and the, and the guys on Brodo GP were talking about it and they the Did he even uh, get slicks and shit for it. I yeah, guess the the slick guys would be there. The tire yeah, guys. Yeah, so. yeah. I think he got slicks. And on on Moto uh, on Pit Pass, they didn't go into as much detail because it had just happened and the, that was the breaking story. And so they didn't really have much on it. But the Brodo GP guys had like a week or two, and one of the guys races, so he like knew firsthand. He was like, "Dude, I was there or whatever," and. Yeah, he legit took the street bike that had a license plate on it the day before out on a, a wet track and was battling for like podium position on it. And it showed him passing dudes like really fucking. Well, you think well. like someone like that, if he does track days on that bike, especially, and I think he actually does a decent amount of like normal track day stuff. But wouldn't you take your race bike to do a track day on? Don't you think? No, because attack might not let him. Yeah, that's true. I mean, that's I true. I mean, that's not his personal bike. And I'm sure, and I'm sure that one, even if it's an S is pretty set up. Like it's got, the suspension is dialed for him. Like it might not be top of the line, everything, but I guarantee it's set up for him. Yeah. I forget if they said he had to borrow, a sh- he He's borrowed some front shocks. Probably got, maybe borrowed some set of forks from someone, but, but it's probably got. The thing is, is that the air cleaner uh, map exhaust that's the thing is that the the maps all the bikes there are the team factory race bikes right. so they're like dude the the guys could flash it for him but it's not going to flash that stock it was a stock motor yeah and they're like they don't have the stock ecus they have the whatever yeah, ecu yeah, yeah. so guaranteed none of the guys had a flash for his bike so what he he's like i think he went there and some dude like a track day dude was like oh i got like a track flash for it or whatever so they gave it a track flash because it's a stock motor it won't run on any of the race right. wango tango shit the whammy bammy fucking all that stuff so he didn't even have like a good flash on it. He just had like a, like what you would get if you. But especially on a wet shop. track, horsepower is oh. not going to be an issue. Like no, and I think he he came in. I think he qualified really well, and I think he came in on the street legal bike. I think he came in like sixth and seventh, and but because they raced two days, I think he came in sixth and yeah. seventh or something like that. And they're like, holy shit! And he was passing legit dudes, like yeah. you know. I think um, personally too. I think as much as I like that, 
I also think that's also bad for Moto America that they race Saturday and Sunday. Oh, yeah. Because there's no race winner. There's no event winner. Like, who won um, they who won the Phoenix? Right. You but know what I mean? They average the points, though, across yeah, the but weekend. That's not they the, do that that's in not motocross, my, That's not too. my point, though. Yeah. Like, motocross does that shit. They'll have they have races, but no Saturdays one watches motocross. Everyone watches Supercross. <laughs> right. One because it fits in a fucking arena, and two because there's a winner at the end of the night. Yeah, like people don't. Oh, I won Saturday, but I didn't win Sunday. Like to the racer, that's cool, and to the people that are deep into it, it's cool. But to the general fan, who won this weekend? Like, and when you watch AFT, like you know who won Phoenix. Like they raced in Phoenix and who won Phoenix, not who won Saturday's Phoenix and then who won Sunday's Phoenix. <laughs> right. I don't know. Maybe that's just me like being nitpicky on Moto America, but um, what's I, bad? I think it's something to like consider. Yeah. Well, what's bad to me about Moto America is exactly what we're talking about. Why would I go out and spend $50,000 on a race bike when I can get an R1S for $17,000? <laughs> I think the big thing is, can you get an R1S or can Josh Heron pull that off? Hey, whoever, it just sounds like racing is a lot more. Your sponsors can you know, get a lot more bang for your buck. It's if funny because like we're talking bikes. about that and we're talking about AFT, but that Indian's fifty grand. Yeah, and that's isn't that cheaper than the bikes that you can't buy? <laughs> yeah, um, and yeah, fifty grand. And honestly, I, I bet to be competitive, I bet Josh Heron's bikes are well above fifty grand. The attack, the yeah. performance. Oh yeah, that's what they were way, saying. Way, that's way, why they were like, like so stoked that he got that far on his like. Yeah, and I, I think that's part bike. of you know I read an article today from like Thunder Press, but there's a guy in Pennsylvania is doing some hooligan racing, and mm-hmm. uh, I was going to mention Trevor Mon. By yeah, the way. did you read his little? I didn't get a chance to read it before the show. Yeah, so like he he has a line in there. He's like, I knew nothing about flat track, and then I started seeing these videos out of Southern California. These dudes racing fucking flat track on their sportsters. And I think, and you know, we've got a lot that you can go buy a 450 set up for flat track for the same amount of money. And yeah, you, you really can because you can buy an 03, 04, 05, 06 CRF 450 set up for flat track for 2,500 bucks to four or five grand. Yeah. And you're going to put a little bit of money into it. You're going to have someone dial the suspension for your weight. Actually, you don't need to right off the bat. And if you convert a bike, you're going to be about that price range too. Yeah. So, and if you go to like VFT.org, you can get all sorts of shit on there for yeah, under three grand. You but know? It, one, if you're spending three grand on a 450, you're going to need to rebuild the motor soon. And that's at least a grand. But, um, so I get, I get that we're actually not that much cheaper than like the 450s. But we're doing them on bikes that people are like, damn, that's cool. And you're not going to go out and race the 450 Pro Class on a fucking $3,000 03 CRF 450R. Like, it might be that year, but it's going to have a lot more money in that into it. And and like we said before, they're going to be lightly massaged. Nobody's cheating yeah. per se. And I could build a Hooligan <laughs> Sportster for... yeah. Probably four grand. Let's that's say competitive. Hey, let's that's very say, competitive. Let's say you live in 
Iowa and Nebraska. You could, don't you think you do do that for about two grand? Uh, you can get a bike in those places for fifteen hundred to two grand, running in decent condition. If you're lucky and you shop around and you have a handful of hundred dollar bills, is it not a fucking check? Not a check. Is it because it's Harley? Uh, Even even in the no, it's just because the demand isn't there for those bikes. Like it is and it isn't. Um, you know. Uh, Harley's in general, motorcycles in general are more expensive in Southern California than anywhere else in yeah. the country. You know, at That's least by I, a few hundred I was bucks. Guessing, yeah, I was guessing half. I might have, that might have been a little too much. Yeah, but you can... Um, <laughs> Five-minute warning. Oh, sweet. <laughs> yeah, you can actually pick one up like pretty decent price. Um, your big expense to build a hooligan bike is a 19-inch rear wheel. Um, a lot of the sporties came with 19-inch fronts, most of them actually, and long shocks. Um, if you want to be like ultra competitive and, and tweak little things, I like the R6 front end, you're going to be, um, you need more modern front bearings and then you can run actually the stock axle and weld a little extension on it. Um, I like seven eighths bars, you know, I run a lot wider bar, I run a flat track bar, I run some little rocks risers, but that's all like hundred bucks for the bar, hundred bucks for the risers. Uh, you're going to have a little more than a hundred bucks in cables, um, called Barnett's. They're great, <laughs> but Barnett's will make you some cables. Um, Flanders will make you some bars. <laughs> they actually could. And if you wanted one inch flat track bars, but the, the downside of steel bars is when you crash, they bend and the yeah. aluminum ones really don't. And I run those rocks risers because when I crash those kind of twist and I can loosen everything up, snug it back, you know, wiggle it, snuggle it back up and I'm good to go. So, yeah. Um, but that's what like got people into it was yeah. the cost and road racing. It's hard to do that. It, it's one, it needs to be, but it, it's like, how do you do that? And the, the small bike class is actually hard. The benefit of flat track is horsepower is not an issue. And no matter what you do on pavement, you're going to need horsepower. Yeah. So. And uh, also the benefit of that and running 19s is you convert your flat track bike to a road race bike and have hooligan road racing. <laughs> All right, everybody, that's our show for this week. Wiggs, you got any cool sign-offs? That's it. Let's oh. get out of here. Let's get out of here. All right, everybody, I want to thank Jason Goldmeyer, Nerissa from the uh, Iron Angels and the Build Moto. And uh, everybody else, thanks to Wigs. Uh, go check Wigs out. Get some Field Initiatives knives. Go check out uh, his tank on Instagram. You heard him talking about it. And don't forget, we got Solstice Slam coming up. Uh, this weekend, there's a bunch of stuff coming up also. If you are in Temecula, <laughs> California, Dafo Winery is having the fast ride, which is uh, the fight against sex trafficking ride. And I believe you can go to their uh, winery webpage or go to lamotorcyclist.com uh, and check out the ride info on that. Uh, also, on the 18th, there is a uh, the Lowbrow Customs, I think, is having a little party from noon to four, I think. And uh, also on the on that Sunday, um, Moto Republic is having a ride up to um, what's it called Crystal Lake, which is in my uh, near area of the woods. And I think kickstands are going up at nine at Moto Republic. They're going to be riding up to Crystal Lake and then heading over to uh, Mount Baldy Lodge or something like that. So go check that out. Um, what else is coming up? Uh, the, at the end of the month, we got the SoCal Cycle Swap Meet. It happens the last Sunday uh, of every month. And at uh, Lou Morris Memorial Stadium, something like that, down in, uh, they call it uh, Long Beach, I guess. Uh, 
Uh, also on the 20th of May, there's a Bib Memorial Ride meeting at Big John's Mountain Grill in Fraser Park. Kick stands up at 10 a.m. If you don't know Bib, he was the founder of the SoCal uh, Norton Owners Club, so that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, also on Sunday, the 14th Annual Motorcycle Ride for Guides in Glen Oak, Silmar, California. Registration from 9 to 10 and everything else kicking off after that. Um, I think it's for guide dogs. I'm not 100% sure, uh, so don't quote me on that. Uh, June 2nd, there's going to be a Steve McQueen show, Triumph of L.A. ride to Steve McQueen Car and Motorcycle Show. Uh, they meet up at 9 a.m. or at 9.30 a.m. at Triumph of L.A. That ought to be pretty cool. Um, there is also... A Central Coast ride uh, happening, Aether, Aether's third Central Coast rally, um, 8.30 p.m. to Paso Robles. Tickets are $75 per person. That's happening June 2nd and 3rd. Um, There's something going on on the East Coast, the damn stupid... Instagram, like you look at one thing and if you don't save it, that doesn't pop up again. But um, Solstice Slam, get your stuff in before uh, the 31st. That's when we're kicking off Solstice Slam. That'll be pretty awesome. I know June is going to be chock full of motorcycle stuff. Actually, June uh, 9th, which is 6 9, the town of Owensboro, Kentucky is going to be calling that Nikki Hayden Day. And I think that they are going to be uh, unveiling a statue of Nikki the, the Saturday before. Um, and actually, as of today, like the recording today, has been one year since uh, Nikki Hayden's accident. So basically, um, 51 weeks since his passing not quite a full year um so i think at the end of the show we might have a moment of silence and uh, right now i want you to stick around for some uh, stupid outtakes and if you have any um what's it called it's like sol- stories for solstice slam go ahead and send them in uh i'm gonna go to bed it is late i didn't i didn't want to mention this but the audio crashed and i had to like redo the second half of the show so i've been up all night doing it all right guys i'm out of here I just got the world's funniest text. I was like, are we, do you get that at your wife's school? Because it's in like a, like a nice area where there's very little facial hair. Like they look at you like I a I don't go scallion. enough, but I am like always the one that stands out. Too shabby. That was, how long was that? That was under two hours on it. We kind of wrapped it up super quick though. We've been recording for 2.01, but on here... he's not here for long or like who's that like ruffian on campus but like if my hair's down yeah my beard's out of control your, your canadian tuxedo is in full effect people are yeah. like what the oh yeah but it, i'm just saying like it's like the sportster version but it's not even the cool rs750 paint job it's got fucking drum brakes in 2011 leave it to honda to kill something cool Maybe being a, a clean cut fucking <laughs> racer guy is not totally your deal. Yeah, I mean, I do have to say now that I have uh, shaved, I don't feel like I would be welcome at Twisted Throttles for free this year. <laughs> <laughs> we 
we actually went um it does the, we went to the Magic Castle for an event right. earlier this year. So I'm like, I don't have like a regular suit and I had to wear a tie and stuff. So I have like... No, not in the rear. Look at that lever to that big drum. Even the front disc is gross. You're right. Look at that huge it's drum. aluminum grossness. You look like Dan Haggerty going to the 1982 Oscars. No, I don't know. I don't know what he looked like. Uh, it wasn't like all. He's the, guy that, he's the guy that played Grizzly Adams. Oh uh, no, I um, 